coming up on episode 111 of Pixel Gaiden. Eric reminisces about Xbox Live Arcade. Six good 8-bit wilderness games. Will you get a Wii U? We accidentally fall into a little potty humor. Eric beats a hard game. We discuss some systems we need to dust off. Cody enjoys a new drinking vessel. Tim is nose deep in some Zelda. And Eric makes Cody use the bleep button. And welcome to Pixel Gaiden, your number one place for everything retro video game and retro-inspired video game. My name is Cody Hoffman. I'm Eric Nelson. It's the end of July. It is the end of July. And Eric, I forgot to, to mention to you, happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, my friend. Thank you. It was very liberating. I, I, you know, very, I, I very much celebrate freedom. I do as well. And to all of our British listeners, I want to say... <laughs> We won, <laughs> you lost, you brought over the tea and said, hey, we're going to tax this stuff. And we're like, no, nah, we're going to throw it into the Atlantic because that's how we do because we're American. That's right. We just tossed it. Uh, also, I want to thank all of our UK listeners for listening. We really appreciate your patronage and yeah. uh, you're really good people. So, in <laughs> fact, it's funny because I actually legitimately, at least online, legitimately get more happy uh, Independence Days from our friends from in the UK than I do from, from people in the United States. So, yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't even tell you like what they celebrate over there. So again, we're stupid Americans. I get it. Uh, they have boxing day, which is like a day where they punch each other in the face or something. I don't know. I don't know. Is that, do, do the, does UK celebrate boxing, boxing? day? Yeah. I thought it was Canada. Maybe I'm no, wrong. the UK has got it too. I mean, Canada probably does it because they've got like their royalty on their coinage. Yeah. I, at this part, I'm probably so far wrong that everyone's mad at me. Yeah. And that's okay, because we're America. As long as we'd say it confidently, we're good. <clears throat> exactly. Oh, dear. Eric. <laughs> Before we get any more <laughs> international incidents under our belts, let's uh, move on to some video games. How about you and I talk about the uh, political implica- in, uh, implications of Brexit? Let's go ahead and discuss that right exactly. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... Hopefully you guys enjoyed our last episode. Last episode uh, was one ten of Pixel Guy Den, in which Eric and I talked about all kinds of fun, exciting things. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard it, you missed out. Go back and listen to it. But this episode, we're going to talk about a number of things, such as uh, some very interesting quick questions our patrons have given us. Uh, but then Tim's going to join us. Uh, and when Tim, Tim joins us, we're going to do a game show that Eric has planned. It's a very high-tech game show. It is. It's it got a go lot very, of pieces, a lot of moving pieces. So I'm hoping it, it goes well. <laughs> it can go very well or it can go very pearly. Yes. Uh, pearly. Uh, I will probably talk over a bunch of people a lot because apparently I've made that known in episode 109 where I just talk over everybody and everyone gets upset. That was a technical <laughs> glitch as well. Please don't blame me for that. Uh, Eric, you've got uh, an Eric's take this this episode. I do. The Eric takes the <laughs> Eric takes the Eric Eric's take. Man, I can't even speak. I already technical much to drink. 
Um, the Eric's take is about Xbox Live Arcade on the original. I speak a lot about the Xbox 360, and this was something I learned. It started out on the original Xbox. I didn't know that, but a year later it came out on the 360, and that's where it really thrived. But I do talk about all of that on the history of Xbox Live uh, and some of my memories of that. I'm legit excited about that. I I was a PlayStation 2 guy and a PlayStation 3 guy. Yep. I missed out on that whole side of the gaming. Uh, so, anyways, I'm, I'm very excited to learn. And then, uh, of course, we're going to do some news. And then uh, Tim is going to help us along with his topic he chose for six good games, which is six good games that are 8-bit, but from the wilderness years, Eric. What does that mean to you? I have no idea. What does that mean to Tim? I also have no idea. But we picked up games, yeah. and we're going to talk about it then. So, yeah, long on the ride with us. I love talking about 8-bit games, so it's all good. There you go. I just picked uh, two random 8-bit games, and I'll ask Tim later if they fit or not. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And if they don't, we'll just be like, well, that's what I did. Another confession, Eric. Um, yep. If you guys are regular listeners, you know that we record each month's episodes back-to-back and release them uh, accordingly on the 15th and yep. 30th. So uh, I am two very large beers in at this point. Yes. And uh, not to mention, you had some at dinner. So you're really like four beers in, right? True, but those first two were non alcoholic because I oh, knew I didn't how. Know both of them were. No, I they were know. both non alcoholic, but I more okay. than made up for it with these last two honkers. And both the beers I have for this episode, Eric, are higher in alcohol content still. Awesome. I don't know if I'll be able to finish this episode. So let's see what the future <laughs> entails. We'll help out. We'll help out because uh, I have, I still have a, my. Like Felix the cat, I have my bag of tricks next to me. That is my 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 cooler bag full of beer. So I've got plenty to drink. There you go. Awesome, awesome. All right. Uh, without further ado, I believe, uh, let us hop right on to some quick questions, if you don't mind. Quick questions. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about... Quick questions, and these are from our Discord listeners, uh, which we love these questions. They're burning um, questions they've always wondered, and they said, you know who would be perfect to answer that question? Cody and Eric. <laughs> yeah, and Tim, if he joins, but not in this case, Cody and Eric. Exactly. So, 48K Ram, Josh Malone, get the dang batteries out, guy. He says, everybody has that one machine that never gets to come down off the shelf. You always mean to play it, but you never do. What's yours? This is a deep question because you and I both have a lot of systems. A lot of systems, and many do not get the the day in the sun that they should. Um, I definitely have an answer, and I feel – I'm not joking. I feel bad about it almost every day. But oh, I don't wow. know if you, you want to go first or you want me to go first. I feel like you've got one on the tip of your tongue, so I want, I want to hear this burning answer that you've got. In your, I've got deep two. in your loins. I've got two. And it, it's, there's a constant reminder every day when I go out and go to work, they're on shelves in my garage. And I have wrapped these two machines in plastic wraps, saran wraps, <laughs> so to keep the dust out and dirt. So you have to literally break the seal of freshness to play these, these systems. Because I love these machines so much. Um, but I don't have room for them, and, you, and I'll explain why. These are huge machines, 
One is a TRS-80 Model 4. Um, okay. It's one I grew up with. One, the first computer I ever touched in my life was a TRS-80 Model 4. Um, it, I spent a ton of money. I added a graphics card. I added a Mize, which is like a, di- like a hard drive, disk drive emulator, um, a modem, all this stuff. I, I basically refurbished this machine. I re I, I I put new cap capacitors on the power supply and I used that machine for a good year and had it out all the time, but I just don't have room on my desk for it anymore. So that's one. And then is the it, other one it, is my Commodore. large, pretty large machine, right? It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And then the other one is the Commodore pet, another huge machine made out of yeah. metal. Yeah. It, it, I do not have room in my gaming room for it. So it goes out on the, it's wrapped in saran wrap and put out in the garage. So, man, I love both of those machines. I love them. I love using them. Uh, I loved refurbishing them, tinkering with them. They're, I just can't, I, I, they're, they're out there and I, I feel bad because it's in the garage. It's not air conditioned. It's going to be a process to set them up to play for a few minutes. It, it, a big process, correct. Yeah. So th- those are the two, and I regret them every day. I see them every day, and I feel bad that they're out there. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah. I'm sure you'd feel better machines. if you knew they just would keep working. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of it, too, because if they le- are left unused, you're like, is something in there, you know, is there a capacitor, and they're getting fat and about ready to blow up? I don't know. I worry, I worry the heat's getting to them, yep. Yep. So for me... I'm lucky enough to have a situation here where I do have a lot of machines. So naturally, just by having a lot of machines, a lot of them don't get played just because I only have so much time in life. Right. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I want to play all these machines. I didn't buy them as we've been both accused uh, on the show that we we <laughs> buy these things simply to put them on our shelves and tell other people on the internet about them. Uh, yes. No, we enjoy using them. That's why we own them. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I've been in this house now for we're coming up on, or, I don't know, almost two years. So I'm about a, a year and nine months now. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, I actually feel good about this. Most of the machines I've used in the last two years. Yeah. Now, again, we're, that doesn't sound like very impressive, and I'm not trying to flex or anything here, but we're talking about trying to do some quick math. 50, 60 machines? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. That's about um, how much I have, yeah. Yeah, you're right there, too. So... So the one I, the, if you say the one I, that someone also cat, going to categorize this too as machines that are working. Cause I have yes. machines that I've bought to fix up projects, whatever. And the fact that I haven't gotten around to those is one thing. The fact that I have a working machine that I'm not using is probably more to the heart of this question. So in theory, I've never even plugged this machine into this day. And in large part, it's because it's RF only, uh, but I need to do it. I've been telling myself I'm going to do it forever. I've never done it. It is the ZX81 I have above <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. And it's funny because when Josh asked this question, a lot of people responded with the ZX80 or the ZX81, yeah. which is a very archaic computer. It's and very I'm, rudimentary, yeah. And I'm very interested in it. I own it. It's in a box. I need to I need to try it. How come I have not tried it yet? I have no flipping idea. I just haven't made the time, even though... Every time I see it, I go, why haven't I done that yet? I want to poke around on the uh, flat membrane keys that uh, I'm gonna, I can only guess. You have to push really hard to make them register. Um, 
it's got the expansion port in the back that apparently I've heard if you like sneeze on the thing, it shakes it enough that it disconnects it and then we'll restart the whole machine. Yeah. It's all kinds of quirks, but I want to experience it. Haven't done it yet. As far as machines that I've tried and I know work, um, we kind of just talked about it last episode. I have not used the 7,800 in yeah, a very long hard. time. If you don't have the real carts on that, I mean, I, I do though. Have... I have a lot of carts. Okay. Yeah, um, and now if you remind me, that machine though is RF only, unless you did a composite mod, right? I did a composite mod from the future was eight bit. Yeah, and I think I did. I think I did mine too. But I just haven't got together. But I know that new cart. If you haven't heard yet, everybody listen to the last episode and news. We talked about the new seventy eight hundred cart that came out. Came out has all kinds of features. Gives you audio out. Actually, uh, using the Genesis two cables, a really good uh, audio and video out, and allows you to do SD card. Um, games and stuff it's spicy 160 bucks but it's gonna be amazing so i'm excited to try that i really want to try a lot of the homebrew 7800 games that'll be yeah, coming man. out that's true yeah so yeah there we go. so yeah yep that's uh, okay yeah i mean i i agree with you 100 7800 is a good pick all right last the last quick question <clears throat> It's from Mitsuyama, and this could be the most important question of the year. It could also be the most controversial question of the year. True. I often hear comments along the lines of, this game is perfect for playing on the toilet. I find the thought of playing games on the loo disgusting. Do any of you play games on the john? So there's really, he asks one question. The question is, do you play games on the john? There's two other items in there that I think are questions, even though they're not posed as such, which is, do you agree with games being perfect for playing on the toilet? And right. do you find the thought of playing games on the toilet disgusting? Yeah. My answers are thus. Mm-hmm. I'll answer number two, then three, then number one. Answering number two first would be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> Um, do I find the thought of playing games on the loo on the toilet disgusting? Yes. Do I play games on the on the toilet? Also yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I don't choose to do it, is my answer. I end up doing it. I'm not gonna go into details. I'm not here to be gross. Yeah. But yes, I find time there and I will end up doing certain things. I don't actively go out and find a system like I'm going to play this while I'm on the toilet. It's typically a cell phone or maybe I've been playing a handheld game and uh, I hear Mother Nature saying, yoo-hoo, and I go, you know what? If this takes 20 minutes, I know what I can do rather than stare at the wall. Yeah. So, and then let's not even get into the fact that it takes 20 minutes because I understand it doesn't have to, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that. People are different. We're built different, Eric. God made us in different ways. All right. Question number one, which is not a question, but I think it is. Have you ever thought of a game? This is how I'm going to ask the question. Have you ever thought of a game as this game would be perfect for playing on the toilet? And the answer is no. I've never thought of a game that way. I simply hear Mother Nature and say, oh, shoot. Not oh, shoot, but oh, what am I going to do for 20 minutes rather than stare at the wall? I'll grab the handheld that's right next to my bed. Let's do this. Yeah, that's my answer. I'm out. Mic drop. And you? I want to compliment you on your honesty. (laughs) 
So are you going to lie now, Eric? Is that what you're getting at? No, I, no. I mean, I, it, 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 it takes some courage to come up with that, with the honest <laughs> answer. And so in that vein, I'm going to answer this completely honestly. Okay. Yes, that's fine. Most people, I, I, I do not take gaming handheld consoles into the toilet. I never have probably never will. The thing I do take in the toilet is my phone. I do yeah. that. Okay. Do do that. <laughs> hey, um, well, there's another good pun for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do take that, and that in it in and of itself is disgusting. And I, but I do do it. And, and you I also and agree I do, with that too. Yeah. Yep. And I do sanitize it though. I I keep these alcoholic wipes, and I clean my phone quite often throughout the day. That's the secret to my success of not getting sick very often. Um, but another thing, I do not play games on my cell phone. I've said that many times. I don't play games on my cell phone. I just don't do it. So. I take my phone in the bathroom and I do other things on it, but I do not play games. Now, what I do on it is something I get a what kick you out do of. Do? Yeah, what do you do? Exactly. <laughs> um, I like to respond to my work emails on the toilet because I get a kick out of billing clients while I'm taking a <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> Oops. Uh, I should we write I, that one down. I yeah, got to write that down. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just said last episode I shouldn't curse. And what did I do? You, you did. I could have Pavlov's easily dog. Said, you said don't do it and you're like, no, nah, I gotta do it. I could have easily said something else. I'm sorry, Cody. I know that makes more work for you. <laughs> oh, so much more work. Sorry about that. The real question, I, Eric. That is what I Yeah. What'd you say? The real question yeah. though is what does Tim think about that? Tim? Is Tim coming on? He, according to my computer, it shows he's on right now. So I, I just figured he's over there trying not to laugh hysterically while we, while he's trying to remain quiet and, and surprised that we're not on here yet. But yeah. So anyway, I hope I did Mitsuyama justice there. I, I, I bared my soul. I answered it honestly. Um, hopefully, none of my clients are listening because I do bill them while I'm <laughs> while I'm in code brown. Um, <laughs> That's better. I'll just replace what you said last time with that one. Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sorry about that. I know that makes extra work for no, you, so I do fired. try not to do it. <laughs> it also brings the funny, Eric. And know who else brings well, the funny? Our show sponsor, <laughs> RetroRewind.ca. Do you like yes. how I try to move, move on here? Yeah. Um, RetroRewind.ca is the place to go if you are looking for anything for your Commodore computers or, as we will talk about this time, your Tandy color computer accessories needs wants everything uh eric and i have have used uh this service for multiple products uh they they look great they come in amazing packaging amazing labeling um frank over there does an excellent job eric wouldn't you agree i do agree and and speaking of machines we don't use enough i really need to I, i haven't booted up my coco 3 in a long time and that is one thing that if you have a color computer or a coco you have to buy the coco sdc from frank at retro rewind it is a must-have peripheral for that machine because you can basically put on an sd card any game or utility or whatever you want to do you slap it on there you you put this cartridge in and you're good to go um he sells all sorts of stuff if you need to recap your coco which i advise you do sooner than later he will sell you uh, a bag of capacitors if you're handy and can do that sort of thing. But if you can't, that's okay. We're not here to judge. Go send that cocoa to Frank and they will recap it for you. And 
Cody, you know how much it is to recap a Coco one? Uh, if I were to guess, $120. Eric, am I right? You are wrong. Okay, at how about... Full, at full price. At full price? Is, okay, let me go 80 $80? It is not $80. $80 Canadian. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know what the conversion rate is. <laughs> um, I'm useless at stuff like that. But it is $40, which is already a ridiculously low price for recapping. Um and you can get 10% off of that. And if I'm doing my math correctly, 10% off of 40 is something like, I don't know. $36? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Eric, I don't, this is not very professional me, all right? I'm going to break yeah. the fourth wall right here. Yeah. You don't often insult your uh, the people who provide money for, for your show. Right. Right. I'm going to do that right now because I'm going to be honest with you. RetroRewind.ca recapping your computer for $40 is stupid. That is that is stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. You, all right. It, it's true. I'm sorry. $40. No, I'm talking about $36. That's even stupider. Uh, yeah. $36. I'm going to be honest. Get on there and get your, your systems recapped now before uh, Frank hears this because yep. that's too low. That is I don't know how low. you make money doing that, Frank. That is an awesome, awesome service you provide. He does an excellent job. And uh, and he doesn't just do it for Cocos. He does it for any of the Commodore computers. Yep. And again, I've said this last time, but if you have any other systems that you think might be a good fit, go ahead and email him. He can tell you yes or no. Uh, he'll also put in some of the other devices he has for your computers. We're talking to Coco right now. So if you want to upgrade your CPU to a 6309 to play all those fancy games that utilize it, you can buy it from him for 18 bucks or have him install it for 48 bucks minus 10% if you use code pg 10 at checkout. Correct. And make sure you log in first because I did I didn't do that once and I was I was stymied. I was stymied Ooh, and then I, I had to figure it out and I did figure it out, but now I'm trying to save people time. Log in first, then put PG10 in, then get 10% off of already super low prices. Stupid prices as we've said. Stupid prices at retrorewind.ca. Yes. All right, everybody, we will be right back. But first, we want to let you know how to get a hold of us here at Pixel Guide and as well as thank all of our Patreon subscribers. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. 
If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Gaiden using our random adjective generator. And this month on Pixel Gaiden, we're getting cinematic. Matthew Ackerman and the healthy Josh Malone. George's Daniel James is gonna call you on the phone. Silly Ted Mark, zany Eric Sandgren, shiny Mike Sadowski is gonna let you in. Scott Hartlow's old-fashioned, Roy Fielding's in a tizzy, energetic Brian Arsenal, Mark Richardson is steaming, Adam Commodore Chronicles is always up to steaming. This month on Eric's Take, I wanted to cover Xbox Live Arcade, or XBLA, as it's often called. Um, I, I came up with this idea um, about a month ago when I was talking about how I booted up my Xbox 360, which is one of my favorite consoles of all time. And I hadn't booted it in a long time, and I was kind of perusing through some of the Xbox Live Arcade games that I had purchased over over many, many years um, you know, the Xbox 360 has a lot of great memories for me. Uh, I got it when my son was born so that I could pretty much always know the age of the Xbox 360. It is always around right now at time of this recording. My son is 18, almost 19, and I remember buying it when he was born. So 
It's quickly approaching 20 years old, and I wanted to talk about this one facet because I thought it was uh, a really cool thing that was included. And I found out a few things through my research in the last month about Xbox Live, um, how it stands out as a revolutionary platform uh, that really transformed the way we access and enjoy uh, our favorite titles. Um, in this uh, episode, I want to delve into the history and function of Xbox Live Arcade, um, kind of lightly exploring on its impact on the gaming industry. Um, and I'll also take a look at the top 10 best-selling games that graced uh, Xbox Live Arcade um, and talk very briefly about each one of those and the memories of a few of them that I remember because uh, I had owned them. Uh, one thing I found really interesting was that um, the Xbox Live Arcade came out on the first Xbox, which I never owned. I had a PS2, so I did not own the first Xbox. Um, and it came out if you it came out on November sixth, two thousand four. Um, you had to order a disc um, on Microsoft's website, and the disc would come to you, and then you'd boot it up and sign up for Xbox Live. Uh, came with the free version of Miss Pac-Man. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. It didn't have a ton of uh, games on that service. Uh, I think there was 27 titles or something like that, if I remember right. Um, but they ranged anywhere from $4.99 to $14.99. So, I mean, if if you just had a little bit of money, you could buy games and download them, which 2004 was a pretty revolutionary thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the U.S. still didn't have very fast bandwidth for their internet connections at that time. Um, so I thought it was a pretty revolutionary thing. On November 22nd, 2005, XBLA was relaunched on the Xbox 360. And this is where I knew it from. Um, the service was integrated into the main dashboard on the Xbox 360, so it was right there. came with bundled with a free copy of Hexic HD. Um, every arcade title uh, on the 360 supports leaderboards um, that give you achievement points, and achievements were really a big deal on Xbox 360. Uh, basically put you in competition with everyone on Xbox on who could get the most achievements or unlock all the achievements for a particular game. Um, one thing I guess I should kind of rewind and mention is that uh, for people that don't know what Xbox Live Arcade, I should probably go into a little more than that, uh, a little more on that. Um, it basically was a place where developers could create and distribute games that were kind of smaller in scale and budget um, compared to retail and boxed games. Um, there, you know, the games were referred as arcade style games, uh, but they ran the gamut. Um, all sorts of type of games were on X XBLA. They were generally uh, much more attractive price-wise as larger titles. They could, I think, on the 360 version, they could go anywhere from two ninety-nine up to I don't remember the top limit. I think it was twenty dollars. Um, I think I have that written down in my notes somewhere. Um, but anyway, you there was there were limits on pricing and the size. Um, of, of, of a game that could be on Xbox Live for download. I think the limit was two gigabytes. Um, and then I think after, I think many, many years later, um, that limit was raised. And I don't think they ever announced what that limit was raised. I don't, I, or they didn't announce the, the limit. Uh, because after that, a bunch of games uh, came out that were two and a half, 
pretty much two and a half to three gigs in size. So, um, so in a way, it was the precursor to like the PlayStation Network uh, kind of downloadable games and the eShop on Nintendo and even Steam to some degree. Um, they basically allowed you a one-stop shop to download smaller games uh, where a, a function like eShop in the modern day, you can download full games now. Uh, but uh, this was the precursor to that. So it kind of was a big deal uh, historic-wise um, or history-wise, I should say. Um, a few other things, uh, um, the convenience of XBLA was, was a big deal and it was a very, very popular. I mean, people were downloading these little indie titles, uh, left and right. Um, the impact of XBLA is still being felt today. Um, it, it democratized game development and expanded the market for smaller, innovative titles. Uh, a lot of those which you see on places like GOG and Steam now, uh, I know I download a ton of small little indie games, and I think that they, in terms of the fun I get out of them, I think a lot of them are even better than the big $60, $70 titles you see today. Uh, I've... I've had so much fun grabbing small little indie games over the last, I'd say, 10 years, 15 years. Uh, I love the indie market. Uh, I think it's, a, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't think it can be discounted. I think its place in history um, it isn't really even talked about that much, and I think it should be. Um, it, I... I, I'm not the guy to do it. I think that someday somebody will come out with a better, um, you know, uh, something on YouTube or something, uh, some kind of documentary on da digital downloads because there's a lot of neg negativity about digital downloads, including on our show. We talk about it all the time, how we'd rather have physical games than digital games. But when it comes to these really smaller kind of, um, you know, indie titles to fun ones, this is the way – this is – this is the way to get them. And I, the only criticism I have is you should have some kind of ownership of those digital files, whether you can back them up yourselves or they're guaranteed to be on some service um, into perpetuity because like some of the uh, criticisms of Xbox Live and other th places like Steam is that one day you might log in and it's not there anymore. And if you go to a different PC or machine, uh, you can't download them anymore. I have games right now on my Xbox a lot on my Xbox 360 that have been delisted, but because I still have my Xbox 360 and it's still healthy, I have access to the game. But once that machine dies, I cannot download it ever again. And something really needs to be done about that. That's my key problem, not digital delivery. I think digital delivery is awesome. Um, but anyway, I digress. Let's talk about the top selling the top 10 selling games on Xbox Live Arcade, and I'll tell you if I own them and maybe a little, a few little short stories on those. Uh, number one selling isn't, number one seller isn't really a surprise. It's Minecraft. Um, they created a console version of Minecraft and sold it on the Xbox 360 on the, on XBLA. Uh, we did get that. Uh, we got that early on and my son and daughter both played it. At first, I didn't think it'd be really popular in my house because we had, versions on our PC that, you know, you, you'd use keyboard and mouse, and that was the natural way to play Minecraft. They did a fantastic job of 
mapping it to the controller and also added some really cool stuff. The four player multiplayer split screen on Xbox 360 Minecraft is awesome. And my son would have his friends over all the time because our house was the one that had four controllers all charged up, ready to go. Uh, Many, many, many uh, games of Minecraft were played on my Xbox 360. My son would play them over Xbox Live with friends um, over the internet. He would also play with local multiplayer with them. Uh, I have great memories of this. This was the version, I think I've told the story once before on the podcast, where my son went to bed one night and he was really upset because he had fallen into a giant hole in Minecraft and he couldn't get out of it. And this was a world he had been building for months and months. And so he went to bed very upset. And I remember spending all night, like literally all night, um, digging and finding my way back to the surface. And I did, but it took hours, hours of work to get up to land. Um, And once I did, you know, I told him in the morning, hey, log in. And he saw it and he was amazed. Um, and, and delighted that he could continue playing in this world that he had built forever. Uh, great memories of that. Uh, speaking of my kids, number two on top selling games is Castle Crashers. Um, I played this a ton with my son and daughter, and whenever they had friends over, they would play it too. Again, you could play multiplayer, cooperative multiplayer. It's a side-scrolling, side-scrolling beat-em-up and uh, very kind of funny... Fun, like humorous game art style is amazing uh that game was a blast uh drop in drop out four players so they had a ton of um ton of fun with that number three was trials hd i've played trials games but i had played them on my pc i'd never played them on the xbox uh it's basically a physics based motorcycle racing game where you try to run your bike over obstacles and and complete courses in a specific uh time limit it's a good, it's a fun game. Just never played it on Xbox 360. The other one was Limbo. Um, it's a hauntingly atmospheric puzzle platformer. Um, again, never had this one, so I don't know too much about it. Uh, I think I got it in a free bundle on Steam once, and I just have never played it. Uh, Braid uh, is a critically acclaimed puzzle platformer, introduced um, time manipulation mechanics, thought-provoking narrative. Um, again, never played that there. Super Meat Boy, number six, uh, played this one a lot uh, and really loved it. It was one of the first games that I played that was kind of in the punishingly difficult category uh, where I would be stuck on a particular level for days and days and days on end. Just It was one of those games you could just die and start over again. Uh, fun game, really fun. Number seven, Geometry Wars. Retro Evolved 2. I ha- I grabbed all the Geometry Wars games on Xbox. Uh, they're basically twin-stick shooters. I'm a big fan of twin-stick shooters. Uh, this one has very uh, ve- vector-like graphics. Uh, very colorful, uh, beautiful game. If you ever get a chance to play Geometry Wars, you should. Uh, number eight, another Trials game, Trials Evolution. Again, never played that on there. Uh, number nine, Castle Storm. Uh, a mix of tower defense and action strategy. Castle Storm offered a humorous and engaging blend of gameplay mechanics. I never played this, but it sounds really good and right up my alley. I love tower defense games and action strategy. So I might dig that out maybe on Steam and see if there's something uh, I could play there. Um, Then number 10, another game I hadn't heard of, Shadow Complex. Uh, This Metrovania-style action adventure game 
provided an immersive experience with a compelling story and polished gameplay mechanics. Again, sounds right up my alley. I never heard of it, though. Shadow Complex. So I'll give that one a shot. But anyway, that's just a little kind of um, kind of a short segment on XBLA. I just don't want it to be forgotten in history. Um, I enjoyed it very much. When I booted up my Xbox 360, I was amazed how... I mean, you know, I, again, had my Xbox almost 19 years now, Xbox 360, and I had accumulated... There's more titles in there. I mean, it, it took me a good 15 minutes just to scroll through all the games that I had grabbed on XBLA. So I definitely spent a lot of money on those games, and I really just want to try to go back and revisit them. One thing I did notice is some of the games were still available. Some of them had been delisted, and then others, because I don't have an active Xbox Pass right now, um, they they only start in demo mode, which is another thing. Many, many, many of these games had a demo mode. Um but all the ones I'd purchased had reverted back to demo mode. And I'm sure if I bought another Xbox Live Pass, uh, I think it would reactivate those, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's something I might tinker with down the road uh, when I have time. But anyway, I want to thank you for listening, and I will see you next month on Eric's Take. All right, and we are back with a certain someone... Hey, yo, what's up, guys? That's right. Flava Flav is in the house. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you couldn't tell. Tim. Timmy Flav? I'm here. How are you that guys? Is... We are swell, right, Eric? I yeah. don't know. That's kind of so a far. general question to both of us. Yeah. No, we're doing great. We're doing great. And how are all of our lovely listeners? We're great. Thank you. Timmy didn't want to wish us a happy Independence Day. We figured that would be the first thing you were going to say. Well, okay. <laughs> happy Independence Day, you actually, guys. Last year, to give you credit, you actually did it last year, which, like, nobody in uh, America wished me a happy Independence Day. You did. You did, Tim. And, and I appreciate I did, that. And I did this year on tw- on Twitter. On DS. Yes. He did, he did say it on Twitter, yes. <laughs> also true. Also true. So, once again, proving that you guys are much kinder and caring than we are. Oh, dear. Uh... I had a few updates I was going to let you guys know about because obviously we're going to hop into some segments and things, but just some, di- I don't know where to put this in the show. It has nothing to do with video games, but uh, first of all, Eric, any new knives? You still doing the knife thing? I know you got one. I still only got my one. Okay. One. Well, hopefully I'll get you into my new, uh, I might've mentioned this last month. I don't know, but you know me, I go through hobbies like nothing. Uh, right now it's um, pens. Pens. Wow. <laughs> So that's my new thing. Also recently got back into, I've already had them, but uh, recently got back into pipe tobacco. Oh. So now, you know, if, if, if I'm not old enough already at, at heart, I'll be writing with an overpriced pen on some fancy paper, letting my thoughts go while smoking a pipe and, and sitting in my penny loafers. So, and playing Perfect. old video games uh, the youngins don't care about. And sitting in a room with black light. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't know. That doesn't feel old. That just feels um, out of touch. <laughs> Something to that effect. Tim, what have you been up to? Uh, the usual stuff, really. Nothing majorly exciting going on at the moment. Um, uh, the, most of my time actually has been spent in Hyrule, 
I will be honest. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Which is a fictional place. Yes. Yeah. I am totally, totally addicted to Tears of the Kingdom. Um, it is just incredible. I, and and the, the thing is as well is Danica has now got into it. That's so great. She will, for the majority of the time, she will sit and watch me play but she's also kind of like getting braver and starting to get involved in parts of it so some of the things i know that we're not going to get so many monsters and stuff so i hand the controller over to her and she starts doing it the other thing as well is is funny i, I should have left this ca- for catching up but since you asked <laughs> i did ask yes continue <laughs> um she's been watching youtube videos on it and whilst I'm playing on it, she's sort of like sometimes having to bite her tongue because she knows what I'm about to do. And yeah. she's seen it on video, but she's like, <laughs> can't say anything until I try and fight, fumble my way through it. And then she says, no, daddy, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. And then grabs the controller. <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> the um, I, I had to stop playing a couple of weeks ago to, to do the research for the show. So I, I, I haven't played in probably two or three weeks, but... I still love that. If you, anybody of our any of our listeners are on Reddit, go to Hyrule Engineering on Reddit. Oh yeah, uh, there's such. I love everything that gets posted on that. I, I I look at it every morning. People are creating the craziest machines, you know, flying machines, mechs, um, and, and these things. I'm sure they didn't really plan on any of this stuff, like. They're just bolting things together and making these crazy vehicles and stuff. It's amazing. I, I, I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah, I've, I've been doing some of those things, but mostly it's been building things that I can set going into a whole bunch of monsters, and it just yep. goes Fun. shoots and <laughs> I create like automated like you know things that drive into a, a village and just start firing things at random at at random monsters. Yeah, I love that. It's so much fun, and then sort of like getting them and dropping them from a height as well, and then just <laughs> dropping them in the middle of something. And yeah, and I'm sure the game is like we're trying to create these scenarios where you have to think outside the box and make new contraptions. And you're like, yeah, or I can just make something 10 times as big as the last one and blow everything up. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yep, let's do that one. Let's do that. Let's make it bigger. <laughs> All right. Well, it's that point in the show where we need to get our drink on. Now, Tim. Yes. Um, in the previous episode, which we finished recording all but minutes ago, I had a couple of beers, and I'm not going to pretend that my head is completely where it should be at this point. Nonetheless, my next two beers are even higher in alcohol content, so let's see how this goes. So, you, uh, so you're actually back on the alcohol, are you? You're not on the zero alcohol this time. <laughs> it's funny you mention that. You'll have to listen to the rest of this episode to hear my story on that, but I might have had two of those today as well. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Uh, Erica, well, actually, let's start with Tim. You 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 have a, your usual coffee, or are you getting creative this morning? I've got another new cup. Oh yeah, I don't know if you can see this one, but this this was a Father's Day present, um, and it's quite cool because you can actually put the coffee grounds in the cup. Yeah, it comes with a little plunger that you can plunge it down and stays in there and stays warm, so you can actually make decent coffee. So you can so, steep uh, it right in the yeah, cup. That's it exactly. Yeah, it's really mm, cool. Steepage steepage what do you got eric so i there's a little story behind this one um i'm going to tell you why this beer is so wonderful please do it doesn't it tastes okay 
I'm going to start out with that. The beer tastes okay. Great. It's a My good beer sp- is, oh, you have it's more? A solid beer. <laughs> um, but the beautiful thing is you can buy an 18-pack of this beer for yes. $15.99, which if you want to do common core math, it makes each beer about 88 cents. I like to okay. do maths. So I used to have a rule, Eric. I'm sorry to stop yeah. you. I used to have a rule where I wouldn't buy a beer unless it was a dollar, a bottle, or less. Because right. Bud Light at the time was like forty eight cents, yeah, and and like high end beer would be like a dollar thirty, dollar twenty would go on sale for like a dollar a bottle. That's right. Now that's unheard of. You can't do that. That's unheard of. But this from Ten Barrel Brewing Company, Pub Beer Lager. See how generic the can looks. I we I have had that. Yes, Pub Beer. Yep, and it is at our local. It's hard to find these days. It used to be much easier to find, but it. A local store now has 18 packs for $15.99. That is a deal, my friend. I well, like it. it. I yeah. hope it's good. Yeah. I hope it's, it's good. good my my beer is uh, one of these voodoo beers from New Belgium. There's a lot of these. And I'll be honest, the reason I'm yeah. drinking this one is because I got a, one of those packs where they give you uh, 12 beers of four different type of beers. So you get three yeah, three of each. And usually you get the one good one everyone knows. And then you get nine beers that they can't get rid of any other way. So they put it in the taster pack. Um. So I have one left over. So this one's a Voodoo Ranger Experimental IPA. Black can with a big skeleton guy on it. It looks scary. Dangerous. It looks like it's going to be terrible. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But these are actually... these. I haven't had this one yet, but the other three in the pack have all been pretty solid. Uh, okay. So right. I'm excited to try that. Now, it's one... Good. The beer itself, I'm not terribly excited about. However, let me open this. I came home with a little souvenir uh, from Germany. Okay. And uh, this beer is going in my souvenir right now. Uh-oh. And I don't think it's what you think it is. <laughs> you might think a big Stein. You might That's think what a I was big... thinking. Is it a big beer boot? <laughs> Not quite. Is, Let me take a sip a of this hat? bad boy. Oh, yeah. Cheers. It's a horn. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to put that on a coaster? It has a stand, my friend. It has a, oh an, a wrought iron Look metal that. stand. That's insane. So I'm a Viking today. I'm drinking from the 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 teat of the cow, the 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 bullhorn here. Yeah, last episode I did drink from a little Munich. Um, yeah, little spot oh, yeah. in Munich thing here. Yeah. But no, I wanted to wait for Tim to experience the horn together. So cheers, my friends. Cheers, cheers guys. <laughs> Loves his new soundy woundies. Taste taste of bovine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> here, I feel like I need to lower the camera so you guys can get more of the effect exactly. here. Enjoy this with me. Look at that. Quite quite pointy. Yeah. I must feel I'm like avoid, that I feel I'm it. avoiding the obvious. Does <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my drink make you horny? Oh. I, I probably <laughs> I probably should have watched the thing out go, first. Yeah. I don't know where this has been. <laughs> yeah. Just set it down here. All right. So, Tim, okay. your coffee's nothing new, right? Correct. It is Lavazza. Standard Lavazza. Eric, explain your, explain your beer, and uh, out of 127 years of service, how many are you giving yeah. that bad boy? Out of 120 years of service, which, by the way, Tim, one of, our, one of my favorite breweries in San Francisco. Tim knows it now. Yeah, because yeah. you had some when we went to that uh, sourdough place in San Francisco. We oh, had Anchor uh, Steam beer. Anchor, yeah. I was going to say, was it Blue Anchor? But no, Anchor Steam, yeah. Anchor Steam. Out of, good. 
They've been in San Francisco 127 years. They have filed for bankruptcy. They are out of business. They've given 60 days. So uh, on the first episode, I drank one. I poured one out for my homie. So we're going to do 127 years of service for Anchor Steam. This one, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give this one. I actually really like this one. I'm going to give it a 89. 89. I mean, it's not worthy of drinking out of a horn. But it's pretty good. It's out of a Touché. Doug mug. It's my Doug mug. So Thank I don't know you, how Doug. much I don't know how much of the flavor from this Voodoo Ranger experimental IPA I'm getting from the can or from <laughs> or from the cow's horn. Yeah. Try try. Have you got any left in the can? <clears throat> I don't. No. <laughs> Sorry if I'm ruining the process for you. Uh, so every other beer I've had from this has been pretty good. This one, the experimental IPA, I saved for last because I was the least excited about it. Sounds like a standard IPA. Yeah, it tastes it tastes like an IPA. It's no, just kind of no. hoppy, kind of sickly, syrupy, hoppy. Yeah. So, six point six percent alcohol by volume. Um, it'll it'll do the trick if that's what I was looking for. But um, <laughs> out of one hundred and twenty seven, I'll give it. Three. <laughs> Three. I'm not that mean. I'll give it a. I'll give it a fifty-two. Fifty-two, 52 out of one twenty-seven. Hmm. Whoa, that's scraping the barrel we'll scrape or the horn. The horn. <laughs> scraping the horn, man. Oh man, there's kind of a fibrous flavor. Fib- yeah, <laughs> kind of a horn, horn flavor and and texture. <laughs> <laughs> Things you didn't expect to see when I woke up this morning. Cody drinking out of a horn. Out of a giant horn. <laughs> oh, man. We need to start doing a video version of this podcast, I think. We do. Oh, We've been man. asked many times by many listeners to do video versions. And I think that should come someday. One of these days. All right. So, Eric, I think you have a game show for us. I do. Let's start the game show. Yay. Well, you know how we officially start it. You tell us the name of the game show really loud. Then there's a big bomb, bomb, And then we have music underneath. The name of the show is The $10 (laughs) Pyramid. Wow, though. $10 Pyramid. This is old school. So there's a a twist to this game, right? I need to pull one of these out? Yes. So you need your phones. So first, I want to ask you guys if you're familiar with uh, The $10,000 Pyramid. Did did you ever watch that game show on TV? Um, I think it was probably called over here. It's probably just called The Pyramid Game. It was called the 8,500 pound pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) Or or back at the time, the equipment would have been, uh, yeah, 30 pounds. Um, That's better than what we do in America. We just take your British shows and throw the word America in front of it. You know. America. America. American Ninja Warrior, American Top Chef. I guess that's Japanese shows, but... Yeah, and the the U.S. office. <laughs> the office, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is a cooperative game. So what's going to happen like is you guys, there's going to be 10 rounds, a potential of 10 rounds. You have to get, I've decided to put the bar pretty low because I want to see if you guys, I, I want to make sure the game's challenging and, and you're able to get through it. There's going to be 10 rounds. If you get five, you have won the game. Okay, so you need five out of 10. What's going to happen is I'm going to send one of you clues on your phone. Ooh. 
or not clues. I'm sorry. I'm going to send you the name of a game. Okay. okay. Send you the name of a game. So let's just pick a game at random. I don't know. Um, whatever. Na- a name of a game. Um, and all those games that, that are out there, you couldn't find a no- name out of the air. <laughs> well, I don't have C64, so let's pick C64 game. I'm, I'm going to pick like Paradroid. Okay. I'm going to text Cody Paradroid. He has to then give you clues. You get 30 seconds. He's going to give you clues. He cannot use the word Paradroid in his clue. You cannot use any words in the title of the game or else it's disqualified. We move on to the next round. You give him clues for 30 seconds. If he gets it right, you win that round. Then it switches. I'm going to text Tim the name of a game. Can the guesser guess as many as times as he wants? As many times as you want. You have 30 seconds. So you're going back and forth. You cooperatively have to guess the game. Okay. And the only thing we can't say is the name of the game? Correct. Okay. Anything. Okay. So if it's multi-word game, like the summer games, obviously you can say the, but you can't say summer or games. Okay? Yep. Oh, the word at all, period. Okay. You cannot say the word at all, period. And any variation gotcha. of the word, will get, I will buzz you. I will give you the big buzzer sound and you will fail that round. Okay? Let's hear it. I want to hear what the buzzer sounds like. Yep. So let me. This is the part that's going to slow us down here. Let me get this no, up. No, okay, I don't want to slow down. I want it. Anyway. Okay. The buzzer is uh, there. All right. Okay. If you say like the wrong it. thing or 30 seconds expires, there'll be a timer. It's going to sound like this. But mm-hmm. I won't have it up in the mic, so you, it won't distract you. You get 30 seconds to do that. Now, here's the thing. As you guys know, I'm a very jealous man, right? <laughs> sure. For, the, for the sake of this game, man. we'll say yes. So how I'm going to pick the game is using this. Oh, he's got a wheel. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which I stole directly from ARG Presents. Yeah, you did. It sounds the same. Yep. So the wheel, as I put a bunch of consoles on here, so we will spin to figure out what console we're doing (laughs) for the game. I'm very excited about this wheel. I love you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the wheel with the games. And there's a bunch of consoles on here covering all sorts of types of games. So if you guys are ready to go, I'm ready. Ready ready to go. Okay. So let's have Cody go first because I have your text thing up right here. Well, let's begin. I'm going to spin the wheel. Let's see. I'm going to spin the wheel and make the deal. That's trademarked. I have to pay. I have to pay Aaron and and, uh, Wampum. He only accepts wampum. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pay them a nickel. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's yes. Begin the game. Spin it. Spin it to win it. Oh, that no. is N64. Nintendo 64. All right. Tim all right, knows all so these. Gonna, all of, all so of I have a list of games I picked. Added fog. Now these games. Um, I wanted to tell you guys the games that I picked are the top five selling games for every console. So as we go through these, these are the most popular games. I didn't want to pick oddball, weird games. So I'm trying to make this as easy as possible. Let's let's see. Let's see. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to send you, and I'm going to pick them at random. I'm not going to go one through five here. So I'm going to send this, and I'm going to send this to Cody. So here. here As soon as I get it, I'll tell you. Let me know when you get it. You should hear it, because my sound is on. Okay. If you haven't noticed in the rest of the show. Oh, no, I turned it off. Gold. I got it. Gosh, oh, darn it. it. Eric, tell, send me another one. I don't know why my mind just decided <laughs> oh, to say no. it. 
We just screwed that up already. <laughs> that was a good one, too. Probably the all right, all right. I said go. I said go. Okay. No. All right. That was a so good example get... of what not to do. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. So we got that out of the way. That was an example of what not to do. Hold Don't on, say have... the name of the game. Let me have, let me have more, more beer. <laughs> Don't say the name here. I'm sending it to you now, Cody. Okay. I have received it. Now I will start the timer when you give your first clue. Uh, uh, so, okay. Are they one word clues or can I say, how much can I say? I'm you can sorry. say anything you uh, at all, anything you okay. want, but do Ready? not include any the word of the game. game. Ready? Racing. Go. Yoshi. Mario Kart. We need more. Mario Kart 64. There, there we go. go. Boom. Round one. You Boom. guys won. I'll take it. And I Excellent. didn't have to say the name like I did directly. The <laughs> <laughs> But that's how it goes. That was an easy one. Maybe go. these were too easy. These might have been too easy, but we'll find out. Okay, let's spin the wheel. Okay. I think because you told us that the top selling games, I think that hint was, uh, was a lot. Yeah. But yeah. All right, Tim, I'm ready. Sega Genesis or Mega Drive? Mega okay. Drive Genesis. All right, here we go. So let me start find that game. the top five games right now. Do 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 do. There we go. Here's the list. Uh, yeah, let's begin that one. All right. I, Tim's on a different kind of deal here, so let me pull that app up. Here we go, Tim. This bum, is going to be on. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of these, but people are going to laugh at the hijinks that we've got going on already. So it's going to be entertaining nonetheless. All right, Tim, I sent Confidence. it. Let me know when you got it. What did you send it on? Signal. All right. Okay. Don't say the word of the game because for some reason my mind decided to do that. I have no <laughs> idea why. That was seriously weird. You can begin any time, Tim, and I will begin the timer. Uh, I feel like you should just start it. <laughs> okay, I mean, go. Uh, beat him up. Streets of Rage, two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I might have made this two. game too easy. I think you made it too easy because you told us the top games. I think that's yeah. what it is. So. All right. Well, I'll pick. I'll pick different ones then. All right. That's fine. I have an idea. <laughs> right. I have an idea. Okay. Let's do exactly what we're doing. Sorry yep. to change your game money, but you can only give one word answer or one word hints, and then I have to guess afterwards. Okay. I've played a game very similar to this. Okay. So, so he we'll could do say like one, one yeah, word he, clues. One word clues. Yep. Okay, that's fine. All right, here we go. We're back to the Mega Drive Genesis. That's right. Another Genesis game. Here we go. Oh, all right. Well, here we go. Let's try that one out. I feel like that was a hint. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cody, here it comes. I'll let you know as soon as I get it. Then I'll just say start. I won't say the name of the game. Start. You can see it's a lot harder. Roll. You need to say something. Something. Plane. F-29. Uh, Japanese. 
Sonic. Bass. Hellfire. Um. Turn. Turn-based should be a word. That's one word. Turn-based. Uh, um. Are we out of time? We're out of time. That one was legit difficult. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I mean, do you think that one would have been helped by, like, if you could have said anything? I I think we would have gotten very quick. Okay, so that's probably a better rule. Okay, that's fine. I'm like, it's a Japanese role-playing game in which you are in space, and uh, it's very popular, and it's uh, (laughs) uh, it's not the first, second, or third one in the series. You get it yet, Tim? No. Fantasy Star 4. Fantasy Star set in space? Yeah. Then again, have you played a Fantasy Star? Yeah. I haven't either, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have, All right. But Good I, news is we have 10 rounds, so this is only round four. This one's for Tim. Let me send him the game. Let's spin the wheel. <clears throat> oh, there is some physics going on with this horn that every once in a while you <laughs> dump a bunch of beer in your mouth real quick. Ooh. Here we go. Oh. Hey, Nintendo 64. N64 again. <laughs> I'm ready to w- wasting my time writing all those consoles yeah, on you, there. You didn't need the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me pull up my bag of games here. Come on, Felix. Joe bag of games. Eric's bag of games. Oh, okay. Well, let's do this one. Only three ninety nine. I agree. That's a good one to do. All right, Tim, check your phone. Eric yep. sent you. Honestly, I think drinking this beer out of the horn is improving my experience. So, <laughs> all right, Tim, the clue should be on its way to you. Let me know when I can begin the timer. Okay, begin. All right. Uh, rare Banjo Kazooie. Yes, <laughs> nice. One word. All right, rare. You guys That's are, all I needed. You guys are almost out. Three. You've gotten three right. Next one is Cody's. So let me pull up a game here. here Spin that wheel. wheel. Come Eric. on, something different. The wheel of fun. Nintendo. No, it's PS2. No. PS2. PlayStation. 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 And I have the game right here. Quick mini trivia, Tim. We have the circle, the square. We have the triangle. What is the fourth one called officially from PlayStation? The circle, the square, the triangle, uh, the cross button. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Got you on that one last time, but you've learned. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Cody, you should have the clue. Start. Kratos. Uh, I need a, a guess. Uh, uh, oranges. Mythology. Uh, Populous. Greek. Uh, salad. Violent. <laughs> 
Streets uh, Streets of Rage. I don't Hermes. <laughs> Hermes. I, I, I'm totally sucking at this one. I have no clue. So. Oh. Emerson. <laughs> Who, God of the War. answer to that one was God of War. Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't have got that. PlayStation 2, PlayStation 2. You were stuck in the uh, 16-bit, I noticed. (laughs) With Populous, and I mean, I get it. You just have to say something. That's why I appreciate it. I just just couldn't couldn't think of anything. I think... All right, let's spin the wheel. Come on, big... No whammies, stop! Hey, (laughs) Genesis! Are you sure that wheel's not kind of weighted? Maybe put it on the deck when you do that. (laughs) I should. I should put it down on the ground. You're right. Just upset um, Tim, so, I'm going to start picking a bunch of uh, PlayStation 2 games on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one is for Tim. Katamari Damacy. Uh, let me get this. Damacy? Katamari Damacy. On a side note, to keep dead air I'm, from happening, I, I can't get into that game. I've tried, I like it, but I can't get into it. Katamari, Katamari Damacy? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, okay, well, let me get. Hold on, let me get the timer ready. Let's see if we can do this in beep, one beep. word again, Tim. One clue. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Talking Genesis here. Okay. Here we go. Go. Treasure. Gunstar Heroes. Yes. Oh! <laughs> Man. You know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well chosen, my friend. You so maybe we should do seven out of ten. Do you think we should do seven out of ten? I want to go for seven. I want to go for the stretch goal. Okay, so Cody's got the next game here. All right, I'm going to just show you what... I'm going to put this on the ground just to see if that's it. <laughs> here we go. The Genesis, it, wait, is Genesis directly across from Nintendo 64 on your, on your wheel? No, it's not. Okay, well, all right. Well, if we got this... All time. right, so the... PS1. PlayStation PS1. 1. All right. Tim, you know the PS1. PS1. Sending Cody the clue now. Ooh. Preparing for the clue now. Ooh, and the way that Eric said that means he's not too sure about how we're going to do on this one. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. All right. Let's do this one on its way, Cody. I am receiving, in theory. Got you. Go ahead and start that timer, my friend. Here it goes. Horror. Castlevania. Sequel. Castlevania 2. Dogs. Castlevania 3. Undead. (laughs) Uh, Symphony, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Capcom. Resident Evil. Another one. <laughs> sequel. I'll go back to sequel. Resident Evil 2. Woo! I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You did run out of time, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> All right, so you got four so far. <laughs> Another one. I'm like, wait, that's... Oh, no, not... you have five. You have five. I'm sorry. No, no. I tried to rob you. Sorry, All guys. Right. I'm sucking so bad at this. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. <laughs> I thought the dogs might do it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to see. It's better when you guys can see the wheel. SNES. We haven't SNES. done that yet. Good. Yep. 
Super Nintendo. Let me pull up my magic bag of tricks here. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo games. I can't get the Katamari Damashi song out of my head now, Cody. Thank you very much for that. I actually don't know. Sing it for us, Tim. We got time. All right, so I got to send this to Tim. Nailed it. It's funny, the other day my daughter was humming a tune that was from a Mario game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did you hear that game? You know, because I, I know it was an older Mario game, but it wasn't like 16-bit or 8-bit. It was like somewhere between. And she's like, it's all over Twitter. Like, everyone uses that song in their Twitter thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Or oh. Not, not Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. TikTok, that's right. Yep. Oh, I'm like, man. okay. So now okay. I need to figure out what game it's from. Here we go. You got it. You ready, Tim? Uh, you have to say yes. Let's do it. Too much thinking here, yes. Tim. This is, I feel like we're cheating. I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the the, the perfect in on this. I got gotcha, you. Let's uh, do this thing. He, he wants to hit this one out of the park with the first clue. One word again. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Time gun part. I'm just gonna say another word for time. Super Mario. No, you can't. I'm just gonna say Super Mario World. One word. Keep going. One word. One word. (laughs) Um. RPG. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Um. Give me another clue. I got it. Time RPG. Chrono Trigger. You're not using one word. You're not using you the one, use word one word rule, Tim, Come on. Right. <laughs> That's fine. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you got six right. I feel like the last two we should get a half point for, which still means we have a chance. All right, Cody. So I'm going to send you the clue. Let's spin the wheel. So did you see the time gun part? <laughs> it was still two words. I get it Tim. now. But it's uh, two it words. was two yeah. words. Oh. Time gun part. <laughs> three words. How many have we guessed on? Ah, N64. N64. Again. How many have we guessed on? You've, this is round nine. Round nine. And we have how many? How many did we get right? Ten. So you right now you have one, two, three, four, five, six right. Six out of, out of eight so far. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So we picked N64. Here we go. Yep. Send me a send me a clue, my friend. Yep. I'm I'm ready to knock it out of the park. <laughs> I don't have applause ready. That's a. That's people. All I need is my hot dog and my beer. Yes, that's America right there. All right. Ready for the timer? Yep. Go. Plumber. Uh, Mario N six Mario sixty four. Uh, uh, extra. Super Mario 64. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, I, I so technically, you guys have won the game because that is seven out of ten. But I'm gonna let's play the last round. Yeah, but this okay. one's to uh, cure cancer. This one's to get exactly. That's the next prize. Right now, right, we won. So- next prize is cure cancer. No pressure. All right, Tim, I'm gonna spin the wheel here. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, oh! What we got? DC's not DC nuts. DC, Dreamcast, Dreamcast, taking it down to the DC. 
That's right. All right. So let me look at my list here. Mm. You know, Eric, I like this. I think you need yeah. to replace the games next time and do the same one again. I'm really enjoying this. Okay. Maybe maybe a little deeper cuts. Maybe a little deeper yeah, cuts. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking deeper cuts and one word clues because that, that's better. But then if you don't get it, 30 more seconds with saying whatever you want. Like if they're harder to guess. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you do your thing. But I feel like we got a we got a shot at saving uh, curing cancer here. Let's see what okay. we let's see what we can come up with. Okay, here comes the clue. Tim looks like he's receiving said clue. Okay. All right, here goes the timer now. RPG. Hmm. Skies of Arcadia. Japanese. Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> um, this next next one is two words. Um, very popular. <laughs> Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> oh, that's the only thing that's coming to my head right now. Walking. Are we out of 30 seconds already? That was 30 yeah, seconds? It's, it's it's over. Oh my goodness, we failed. Hold on, you gotta play the bad sound. <laughs> Hold on, Eric, what, what was, was your hand? I was gonna say multiple discs. Yeah, walking. Oh, Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, I, that doesn't, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. That doesn't click in my head as an RPG, but you're right. Right. That was $10 Pyramid. Yes. Good news, Tim. Uh, we won the game, which means very much nothing. Bad news is we did not cure Your cancer pen. for the human race as a whole. Sorry, guys. I let the team down. I want to apologize to the entire listenership of Pixel <laughs> Gaiden and the entire world and our future. I hope you guys enjoyed the game. We did. <laughs> Thank you very and much, the wheel. Well done, sir. I like the creativity. I like the tech aspect. I'm ready to play it again. So therefore, I nominate you to do the next show as well. I'll do the next show. I'll pick deeper <laughs> cuts and we'll make multiple rounds. I yeah. like it. I like it. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, gentlemen. Congrats, too. You won. After, after We did win. After rocking a killer game show, it is time for us to catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. There we go. And the the video excitement with everybody listening to the uh, the intro there was palpable. I feel yes. All right, let me go ahead and pull up our catching up segment here, so we're all on the same page because that's how professional we are. We talk about what we're doing while we're doing it. Tim, you've got the first item. What is it? I can't see. Oh, Oh, it's interesting. You're not seeing it yet. So, Tim, remember that part where you're going to talk about playing a ton of VIC-20 games for beta testing the PU2 Plus? Oh, that. Yes. Yes. I remember now. (laughs) Yeah. So you you pretty much got it in a nutshell there. I've been playing a ton of VIC-20 games uh, with the penultimate two 
or what is it? The penultimate plus two cartridge. I should know the name of it by now. Um, yes, there it is, guys. There is my uh, penultimate plus two cartridge. Uh, nice. It has a ton of games on there. You, it's really heavy, this version, because it's <laughs> so many games built into it. Um, yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to have this one for a little while and been... Um, I don't know, test, testing this one out for hours and hours and hours. Um, I've, I've actually had to swap over Vicks at one stage because the, the one got You burned so your Vic hot. out? <laughs> I thought, no, I better, better switch this over because that, that one's getting really hot. Um, so, yeah, it, there's just some absolute gems of games on there. Um, there's some really nice um, Future Was 8-Bit games on there and one of those games is the one that misfit wrote for danica which is danica's panic and i think you even tried that out as well didn't you eric it was the very first game i tried on the penultimate plus two the very first game was i looked for that one found it and played it yeah (laughs) all right important question for me though gentlemen this is completely selfish does it have pump kid yes of course that's my favorite (laughs) game big 20 game of all time love me pump kid yeah, but have you played Cheesy Trials? You know, I have a copy up here, but it's on tape. So I, I am embarrassed to admit that I have not actually loaded okay. I think Cheesy Trials up change. yet. I okay. think that will possibly okay. change if you play Cheesy Trials. Eric, have you played Cheesy Trials? I don't think I've played that one yet, no. But I, oh, um, now that you guys. say it, I'm going to write it down right here. You guys. Ga- cheesy Gary Trials. Over and we were going through, because I had a big spreadsheet to update with all the games on it, basically, to to put some notes and comments if the game worked, if it didn't, if it sucked, if it didn't, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we were just going through the list um, and we came to Cheesy Trials and about half an hour later, we were able to progress onto the next <laughs> game, g- given that we were playing most games for around about 30 seconds to a minute or something like that you know yeah it loads it works it's another centipede game it's another snake game or something like that but yeah he just got totally hooked on cheesy trials (laughs) it's brilliant all right gotta give that one a shot did you try pump kid though i want to know what he thought about pump yeah yeah play pump kid as well yeah yeah only 15 minutes on pump kid Uh, yeah well i think it was about 10 (laughs) Ah. but yeah the other one was um I think it's it's another misfit one. Well, actually, it's a misfit one because um, uh, cheesy trials is Hugo. Um, but another one that he played, which was a misfit one, which was one that he did for the fifty games pack, which is just going to be coming out on the Commodore sixty four as well. Which is yeah, um, uh, misfits micro farts. I think micro farts. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> saw that. Yeah, I saw him printing labels out for it. That's it. Yeah. And I, um, honestly, I didn't know what that was yet, but I kept seeing it. I'm like, I can't imagine what kind of game that is. But that's a 50 game pack, huh? It's well, it's actually 51. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, Silent but uh, deadly, that last one. But, yeah, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the one of the games on there is like a. Um, it's not quite so good for me because I'm. I, I I think you guys know, but I'm kind of like a bit colorblind, so I'm not great with games with like really near colors. So this is a, a color drop game. So it's a bit like a Tetris. Okay. Um, but the is you match the color blocks. You get get three colors in a row, um, and then what happens is it then the all the rows like shift across to the right. And then the blocks kind of like drop in sequence. Um, 
and that is just another addictive game i think it's literally just called color drop or something like that so something generic um, okay again that's another one to have a look at um and i did this month's uh, tea time with tim not quite so much on the penultimate cartridge itself i did talk about that and a little bit of the history about the Vic and all that sort of thing. But I guess you guys listened to it by now. Um, but I chose five games. Um, I think it was two or three sort of like uh, OG back in the day games. And then um, some of the more recent ones. Um, and uh, there was one which I, I, I chose, which was called Dishwasher. That's <laughs> <laughs> It's like life simulator stuff right there, yeah. Essentially, it is a very, very basic tapper game. Um, So you've got like the the bars on the side and the glasses come down. And the idea is, is you've got to pick up the glasses and take them back to the dishwasher, put them in the dishwasher. It washes the glasses, then you can go and pick up more. Um, It's it's a simple concept, but stupidly addictive. I'm going to put in a request right now to Misfit. I want a demake of a pressure washer simulator. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yep. All you do is squirt stuff and clean it off, and that's the whole game. And apparently, that works for a lot of people. So, I want to see a Vic Twenty pressure washer simulator. There we go. Well, you, you say that, but the one of the other games that I chose was um, uh, <laughs> Moa Mania, which was a grass cutting <laughs> game, Sim- lawn mowing simulator. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which I honestly tried to play an hour of the new version of that, and oh my gosh, it's as as great as it sounds. I'll put it that yeah. way. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's me with uh, my uh, Vic Twenty penultimate catch up. That's hilarious, uh, Eric. You've been playing with a, a new to you system. A new yes. So this this happened early on, like right after we recorded the last episodes. Um, I went to the local, um, our local retro gaming store legacy toys and games and i asked them my usual question what do you have that's not what you got what you got in the back yep and give me the good uh, stuff he showed me an xbox 360 that was the r2d2 one have you seen that one like the star wars r2d2 themed one i'm not into the themed xboxes so i was like oh that's cool thanks for showing me but i'm not really interested but i noticed in the glass display there was a wii u that was still there from the last visit like two weeks beforehand and it was still there. So I was like, well, I don't have a Wii U yet. That's the only mainline Nintendo I want one. console that I have not, I don't have. And I was like, well, I don't want to spend that kind of money. And he's like, okay, how about I knock some money off of it? And I was like, sold. So I ended up getting the Wii U one, one controller. Obviously the controllers are the big, oh, yeah, the big game pads. <laughs> Um, dang, what is wrong with me? I know. Um, dang, Eric. Dang. Um, but anyway, I, so I got it. It was a hundred bucks for the whole thing. And they threw in a game for me, Mario tennis. Um, so I got Mario tennis with it, which honestly is a pretty fun game. I've never actually played it, but I've heard great things and, Mario yeah. sports games are usually great. So I have, yeah. to, I have to give that a shot too. It's a good one. So it's the only original game. So I got it home. I played Mario tennis for 10 minutes. And then I said, let's mod this sucker. So <laughs> I, I didn't even have it 10 minutes and I modded it. Now the mod is really cool because it is a soft mod. It's fully reversible. Um, you go so does to that a make website. it a mod at all? 
What's no tools. Say? Does that make it a mod at all? It's tool, I, no tools. Exactly. I don't. I don't think that would follow for Josh's uh, it's, it's Josh's parameters there. So anyway, you go to a you open up the web browser on the Wii U and you go to this website. I forget what it's called exactly, but it's something something dot xyz. It goes to this website. You click a button and it mods your console. So there's nothing to this mod. Um. It then opens up, and then from there, you put these files on the SD card, and it is the um, the homebrew channel for the Wii yeah. U. Then from there, you can just do anything you want. You install the homebrew for uh, the actual Wii. So you can so basically, all said and done, I'll probably do a future Eric's take on this. One of the easiest consoles I've ever modded in my life. I mean. It took me 15 minutes to mod this thing completely up the wazoo. Um, I can play Wii U games. I can play Wii games on it. And then I installed the program called Nintendo, and I can play GameCube games on it as well. Nice. And using real GameCube controllers because I got an adapter as well. So it's basically an adapter that goes from USB to GameCube controller, so I can use real GameCube controllers on it. Um, the problem is real GameCube controllers are like $40 a piece now. Yeah, but I've had, I have GameCube <laughs> controllers. So I, mean, nice. I, just I have use... a bunch of fake ones. I don't have any real ones. I have a real one and two fake ones. Um, but I've, anyway, I think I've got three, three real ones. I think impressive. Look at so, big time Tim over here. Oh yeah. With all those legit, uh, brand logoed stuff. There is a program you can download on your PC that, you take the SD card out of the Wii U, you pop it into your laptop or desktop computer or whatever. You run this program and it will download any, <laughs> this is funny, download any Wii U game, any Wii game or any GameCube game and put it on the SD card in the right format where you pop it in the Wii U and it shows up in the menu. That sounds legal. Yeah. So <laughs> That sounds legit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all totally fine. <laughs> and this is all theoretical. Of course I never did any of this. So as um, soon as the as soon as the Wii U was discontinued, I was looking for them. Yeah. And even right then I couldn't find them. And the ones I did find were either broken or I don't know, I just couldn't find them for a good price. And they immediately like this, shot up past their original value. Like immediately. Yeah. yeah so when usually I, I when you a find Wii U, them, but my gosh, man. I've, Usually, I when you find them, the for, screens screens are I, scratched up, and you know they're yeah, not in yeah. the best shape. I, I bought mine for about forty pounds. Well, that's that's you you uh, <laughs> limey folk over there. Is that a bad word? <laughs> Did I not use that word? <laughs> you guys get all the good deals now, uh, Tim. We were just talking about that. You guys get all the good stuff. And we're left with the like scrambling for retro stuff over here now. The tables have turned, my friend. <laughs> and you yeah. guys are in the driver's seat. So yeah, I mean over here right now. I don't know, Tim, or Eric, I don't know what you paid for it, but I would say working Wii U in good condition with controllers, 140, 160. Yeah, this one was, I, I, they, that's what they wanted. And yeah. when I talked to them, I got it for a hundred bucks. That's, I mean, I, if I found one for a hundred bucks, I'd find a way to make it happen. I want one. Yeah. If it's in and good so condition. I grabbed it, modded it up the wazoo. I have no regrets. I, I've played Shovel Knight. I've played Mario Tennis, of course. Um, it's been a few weeks now, so I don't remember. I, but every game I've downloaded works perfectly, and it it, it it's a f it's still sitting on my desktop because 
it, it plays three different consoles. So it's like a, it's like the Swiss Army knife of like later Nintendo systems, right? You can play all these games on it. Love it. So the Wii U, highly hackable, more fun than people probably let on. Wii U, it's the way to go. Yeah, so over here, there's one here on a buy it now on eBay with two games, which is Mario 3D and a Marvel game. Uh, the Wii U itself, the screen, everything like that, £85. See, that's because oh. uh, you guys aren't stupid, and we are. Yeah, we, we are stupid. <laughs> we have driven the price of those way past where they need to be, and I want one, but I'm not going to pay you know, the amount it costs for a new console on one. Like like Frank's prices at Retro Rewind, it that's just straight up stupid. Stupid prices. The prices <laughs> are stupid. Frank went the other direction. He's not making enough money. That's right. He's he's not making enough money. That's the third plug for Retro Rewind CA. Slash Pixel Guy and use PG ten code. <laughs> Don't forget to log in. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um <laughs> all right. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode. I was in Germany most of this month, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of updates. So here's my big one of my big updates this, uh, this catching up. You know the game Peggle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a game that came out in like iOS or cell phone. It was like a pop cap game from like 15 years ago. Well, it's free right now on Xbox, uh, Xbox Live. And I don't know why, but I felt like when I was exhausted at night, that's the only thing I can get myself to enjoy playing. So I beat Peggle. It's, wow it's a well, game where you need it well yeah it took me all of i don't know maybe an hour and a half altogether, but like 10 15 minutes a night for a few nights it's 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 like plinko meets um you know plinko from prices right meets um uh pachinko machine you, you drop little pegs or the balls they hit the pegs they bounce you try to get them in the right holes the end that's what i did and i'm in, almost embarrassed to admit that i enjoyed that game for the hour and a half it took me to beat it there you go piggle and it's got a unicorn that's the mascot it's a unicorn so okay so so talking about trashy ios games <laughs> one of the first <laughs> games that i wanted to play when i got my first iphone and i jailbroke it <laughs> um, <laughs> dirty pirate was um was it called trash can or something like that which was literally you were throwing scrunched up balls of paper at a trash can trying to get it in i think <laughs> i remember that you kind of flick it right You're... yeah that's it yeah i played this game for hours and hours that's awesome <laughs> i spent ages going through and going through the whole jailbreak process because i didn't want to play a pound or whatever it was for this one game trash can i love <laughs> Just it playing this for hours brilliant that's great good story and a real trash can you probably had in your backyard and paper is literally something you could throw away right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> love it um tim so it's me what's this so about I'm a gonna, mystery I'm gonna, bag i'm gonna i'm gonna do one of my patented um quickly away get, from mine. are you gonna get off the mic and uh yeah hop off into the distance in the background <laughs> yeah yep. here he goes at this point we're only seeing tim's backside which I'll just let the ladies know looks excellent. <laughs> Tight. Right. <laughs> so I've got these. A oh, wow. Bag it's like a, a drawstring bag uh, backpack. Altered Beast. With, Altered Beast on it, yeah. And, and, and Atari. An Atari one. Asteroids. So bags. These are ones that basically Gary was going through and clearing out all of his stuff. 
because uh, he's getting rid of a lot of his retro stuff. Um, and he just said, right, this stuff, mostly I'm just going to, you know, throw away. I can't be bothered to sell it or anything like that. It's not going to go in the lot that I'm selling. So I've just done a couple of random mystery bags for you. So let's just quickly go through Fun. and see what's in the bags. You've been through them already, though, I'm assuming, Tim. Very, very quickly, yes. Okay, okay. Well, this is new to Eric and I. So first up, we've got... Uh, oh, wow. Game, oh, yeah, that's a good X. one. Okay. Wow. That's now, a modern game. I know, game. I know yep. Cody, you want that one because I've shown you my one before. Ua, you have one of those already, huh? Yeah, yeah, I've got one of those already. So that one's yours. Oh, my nice. goodness, Tim. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Um, this is not a sharp X68000 in a very small box. Um, but it's <laughs> it does look that way. Ra- it's a Raspberry Pi case, believe it or not. <laughs> Oh wow! So it, it's a Raspberry Pi case that looks like an X yes. sixty-eight thousand. Wow, <laughs> Very cool. that is neat, and it's still sealed. That's yeah. a good-looking box. Yeah, it's all, all new stuff. Um, this is a looks like a Game Boy box. Yes, some sort. But it's actually a notepad. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's funny. <laughs> so Game Boy notepad. That's funny. Uh, we've got. A ZX Spectrum game. That is a great Quadron. game. Tim, you and I know, I think we both love that game. Yeah. Quadron. Yep. Quadron. Have you have you seen that one, Eric? I don't think so. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah. Interesting. No, that's a good one. So you can have that one. It's Neo Retro. It's, um, huh. yeah, a, a new release for the Spectrum. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a random James Bond deck of cards. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's random. <laughs> 007. Still cool, but not sure how it relates, but very cool. Um, a Palm Pilot. Oh, wow. Remember these? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's from a long time ago, yeah. Now, now are the UK Palm Pilots in PAL? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. it it's yep, 50, yep. 50 hertz refresh. Um, a Nintendo GamePad keychain. Key key nice. <laughs> Uh, what else? Try and move along swiftly. Oh, yes. And uh, an Altered Beast metal sign. Cool. Huh. That's random. <laughs> Altered so Beast is Altered definitely Beast a game that had... It. It's definitely a game that had a lot more vibe, and uh, it was cool. As a game, not great, but... Not great, no. It was very. It's a very cool-looking game and concept, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so this is a book, Electronic Dreams by Tom Lean. What's that about? I'm not, I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, looks like 1980s Britain learned to love the computer. Huh. So this, this looks like it's quite a good read. So I'm going to, going to nice. go into that one. Test, obviously Hardcover and the, everything. The micro market. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, there's just random power supplies, probably for the palm. And, oh yes, this is a good one. Ooh, that one's, complete, that was electronic. No use for me at the moment, but. This is an SD card system for the Archimedes computers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, so now you're on the hunt. So if I, well, the problem is these things now, they're just crazy money that even over here, they're like three, 400 pounds. And they're Archimedes. For like one beat up that's, you know, hardly working and keys missing and stuff. Um, I did kind of a deep dive on the Archimedes on the Mr. Like yeah. for about a week and they have some fantastic looking games. I mean, the operating system looks really modern and really cool as well. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, there's a core in the mister, but I've never used a real one, obviously. Yeah. So this is classic video games in a tin. But what these are is uh, they did a while back. Uh, our postal service um, often issued limited edition stamps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what they've what we've got here is. Um, some of the stamps that they actually issued in a collector's tin. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, we actually talked about that I on the show. That, that's, that was we Lemmings right there. The and there's, I think, Powerball and Elite. That's, so that's Elite. It was Elite. Yep. Um, Speedball. Speedball, that's uh, what it's called. I'm sorry. And, and all that sort of stuff. And this is number that. three. Huh. Of this whole collection. This is the third one ever issued. Wow. Gary has number, I think he's got two. <laughs> he had two of these for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And his was two. This one's three. So he let me have that one. He's like, you can one. have three. I'm keeping two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty cool. Uh, really cool. There is a very tiny Atari system. Oh, is this, this the one? Number of functional games. It comes I with the TV, yeah. I think we saw that. I think we talked about that on a show from a long time ago. Yep. As one of those. Um, and a new in-the-box Dreamcast oh, VMU. A new VMU. That's pretty yep. sweet in the box. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're selling those at Walmart up to like eight years ago still somehow, like on walmart.com. Yeah. <laughs> a Genesis slash Mega Drive wallet. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to use that. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, definitely Mega Drive cufflinks. Yes, please tell me you're going to use those. Yes, can you can you please go to the local? Um, we call it a Goodwill, but the thrift store and uh, buy a nice sports jacket so you can wear those. <laughs> and uh, another wallet, Mega Drive wallet, and all this swag. That's pretty crazy. Quite literally, a floppy floppy disk. A floppy floppy. <laughs> Is that a coaster? What's the purpose of the yeah, floppy floppy? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it's just a coaster. Uh, another VMU. <laughs> Naturally. And a Mega Drive key ring. Isn't that funny that <laughs> as soon as you show me that Dreamcast VMU, I, I don't, I, my mind immediately goes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sound when you switch it on if it's got no battery. Yeah. Yep, I hear it every single time. So there we go. That's that was, really uh, cool, man. That is neat. From Cody, uh, from Gary. Thank from Gary, you. yeah. That's some legit stuff in there, especially at the front end there. Wow. So I got all hot and steamy getting all that out the back. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> what's, your, what's your Steam update, Eric? So just, just a Steam update of some games I played over the last month. Um, Hong Kong Massacre is a top-down game, kind of like Hotline Miami. Did you guys ever play Hotline Miami? Uh, very briefly. I remember you talking about it quite a bit. I, uh, I, I tried the demo, and I didn't get into it for some reason. But I honestly loved Hotline Miami. I thought it was a great game. I a thought lot of it was really did. interesting. Um, but uh, the Hong Kong Massacre is like that, but with like re- like – where Hotline Miami is more pixelated 80s style graphics. This one is more kind of like modern, very high end graphics, but it's still a top down kind of stealth strategy. You have to move through the areas, you know, 
kind of um, you have to build a strategy to move through a building and it's very, very top down. So it it's hard to explain, but if you just look up some videos on it, um, I, I've played this. It is not easy. It's a tough, it's much harder than Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami wasn't that easy. It looks intense. So, yeah, it's intense. There's a lot going on, but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and the graphics are really good. So this was a fun one. Uh, Hotline, or I'm sorry, Hong Kong Massacre. It did another one called Brood Star. And Brood Star, I think you guys would like a lot. It is basically a um, shoot 'em up, but like uh, it has like much heavier RPG elements to it. So you basically are, you know, flying your ship, and you, whenever you complete certain things in the game or certain levels, you can add modules to your. To you can basically the, some of the power ups are modules that you add to your ship. Those things add different elements to the way the game is played. Um, there's stats on the left hand side, and those stats can be increased with power ups and modules that you add to the shoot 'em up. But it is kind of a bullet hell style uh, RPG, but it is a blast. The only downside is I want I really love shmups when they have Tate mode. Yeah, this one does not have that, but it's still a lot of fun to play, and it, it's pretty cheap on Steam. I don't remember the exact price, but I remember it was pretty cheap. So, Broodstar, if you're into like a shoot 'em up slash RPG, it actually kind of almost reminds me of. Um, and I'm I apologize, I'm blanking on the name. What's the game we love on our Vectrix? Not Vector Blade, but yeah, Vector Blade. Yeah, it's Vector, Vector Blade. Blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the yep. PC version that Vector Blade was based off of? Uh, Warblade, um, Warblade, yep. Reminds me of Warblade to a to a point. Yeah, and War those are both excellent games. So th- those that's good pedigree. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun. And then the last one is a vampire um, survivor kind of clone called Twilight Torment. Oh, and this one is um, I really want to get back to this one. I had to dr- kind of put it down so I could finish the research on. Um, on, on the show, but this one more of a twin stick kind of vampire survivor. So you can actually fire in directions. Um, so some of the weapons you pick up, you fire in specific directions using twin stick. Um, but it kind of follows the same thing in the game. You get um, power-ups and um, different things that help you. Some of them are uh, what they call it, like where that surrounds you like environmental or whatever. And then some of them are projectile weapons, but it follows kind of the same thing, but they have a lot of new and interesting kind of upgrades. Like um, some of the more, uh, God, it's hard to explain. I mean, it it's is. a game like vampires. It's hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it, it really is hard to explain because the differences between it and vampire survivors, there are a lot, uh, because it's t- more of a twin stick shooter. It, to me, it's almost it. I would describe it as vampire survivors, but with the visual look of Diablo. Yep, exactly. even has the, the hand holding the orb in the corner and everything. Yep, that's exactly. I think that's a good way to explain it. Yep, I had a lot of fun with this one. I, yeah, I had to put it cool. down pretty quick, but it it is a fantastic game. So um, give it a shot. Cool. Yep. So, Cody, speaking of nice. retro games, well, we yeah. not really. Those are modern games, but... Re- Neo-retro. No, they're not even Neo-retro. Um, 
Yeah, so let me update you guys on all of the retro video games that I was able to take in, purchase, and check out while I was in Germany. Nothing. Tim, <laughs> speaking of nothing, what do you got next? <laughs> no, I literally, I literally, I, I was hoping I would fi- fall upon something, or every time I got into a new town, I researched, hey, is there a, a retro store or a computer store or something? I found nothing. So we, we went to a lot of small towns. We went to Munich. That was the biggest one. And uh, there's nothing near where I was. Uh, unfortunately, that that little romantic dream I had of finding like Amiga stuff in Germany didn't come to fruition. So kind of a bummer, but that wasn't why we went. So it's not that big of a deal. But no. that's my Germany update. <laughs> it would have been nice to have picked up a couple of little things along the way. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess the next one's down to me as you've got nothing again, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we briefly touched it at the top of the show. Um, I've been playing an absolute ton of um, Zelda tears of the kingdom. Um, been putting in sort of like an hour, two hours, most days on this game. Um, and I've not, I'm, I'm kind of at the stage where I could probably get close to completing it. Um, but I'm kind of holding back. <laughs> um, now it's playtime. Yeah, I've I've done uh, so, uh, and Eric will probably understand a bit more about this. Um, I've done two of the village phenomena. Yeah. Um, so two of the regional phenomena. Um, and they they were they were fun. Uh, the first two I did probably not quite so much as a challenge as probably the other ones that I've got coming up. And I'm halfway through both of the other ones. So I'm, I'm almost there ready to complete those bits and then go on to whatever comes next with Ganon or the Dark Lord or whatever he's called this month. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just having great fun with that. Um, just going through and just completing a lot of the side quests, really. Um, there's there's so many different things. It's like every time you go and speak to someone in a village somewhere or something and they, they give you another mission. Um, and the other thing I'm doing at the moment as well is, I don't know if you've seen them throughout the game yet, you've got those um, areas which have got like glowing sections in on the land. I don't think I've gotten um, there yet. No. Yeah, they're, they're basically they're sort of like big areas, um, and then they've got um, I, I don't know what's the. Have you ever seen crop circles? Yeah, yeah. Oh so they're, yeah, they're, they're they're like that sort of thing, um, but you have to walk around. Them yeah, yeah. And I, I've done a couple of those missions, like looking for the tears. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the ones. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've done three or four of those, um, and one of them was was quite difficult because it was climbing up on a uh, on a hill on the mountainside trying yeah. to find that one little spot. Um, so that that was good fun. Um, but for me, the one of the best things is is uh, just going around beating monsters and and raiding and all that sort of stuff that's that's just so much fun one thing i like to do is um in the game there's a thing called a muddle bud um and it's uh, essentially like you can pick them up in in um the depths down below and you can attach that to an arrow you uh you uh, you shoot the arrow into a bunch of monsters and it blows up into like a blue cloud 
And what happens is it affects the monsters and confuses them. So for a period of time, they're confused. And depending on how many you get, they will actually beat each other up. <laughs> so it's a great way of um, taking out monsters quickly. Um, they'll they'll sort of like have a, and it's great fun just sitting there watching them, some of the moves that they do and all that sort of thing, just smacking <laughs> seven bales out of each other. And uh, yeah, so you can, you can normally sort of like take out probably sort of like 30, 40% with one muddle bud. Um, muddle bud. And then, yeah, and then go in and um, uh, get the others. The other thing that you can do is you can sort of like throw in food, and that will distract the bokoblims. They'll they'll sort of like sit there and munch away on that food, and then you can just run in and then just take them out that way. Um, and then of course you've got the build mechanic where you can build things with lasers and flamethrowers and <laughs> whatever to to just set those devices going. So as long as you've got a relatively flat path into the monster camp. Um, you can uh, you can get them going that way as well. So yeah, there's just so much to this game. It's just absolutely brilliant. A muddlebud sounds very Harry Potter to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Muddlebud. Yeah. yeah, it's either that or um, in this one you've got bomb flowers as well. So you can pick those up because um, I, I don't know if you remember in the other one you had uh, different types of arrows. So you had like normal arrows, bomb arrows, fire arrows, and electric shock arrows in this yep. one you don't have that you just have one normal type of arrow and then you kind of like attach things to those arrows um so like a muddle bud yeah muddle bud um an eyeball so you can use the keys eyeballs so again so what that does is gives you like a homing arrow um so you can th- you can shoot that from long distance and hit an enemy because uh, it just homes in on them so it's quite good for things that are in the flying in the sky as well Tears of the Here Sky. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. So I've been, yeah, I've been having plenty of shenanigans mm. <laughs> on Tears of the Kingdom. How about you? What What's your PS2 shenanigans, Eric? So I, I really haven't messed with my PS2 much lately. So what happened was I have a friend on Twitter that I've had on there forever, and he reached out to me. Um, he's just a guy that has a PS2, and when he goes and gets games, he buys games at retro gaming stores. And obviously the price of retro games has gone through the roof. So he recently got a free McBoot card, but he doesn't know what to do with that. And he also doesn't have a burner or anything like that. So I told him I'd help him out. I told him to send me a list of some games that he'd like, and I would burn those games but it has been so long uh, since I've messed with my PS2, I kind of had to relearn everything about how to get games back on my PS2 because on my PS2, on my fat one, it has a hard drive. So I just learned how to put, using that Win H-I-T-T, H-I-I-T application, putting games on hard drives. And I have two hard drives that I just swap in and out. And so I have these giant hard drives that just have tons of PS2 games on there. I forgot how to actually burn games on disc. So I grabbed my blank DVDs and I started burning games. And I remembered um, it was just funny to go back through my memories because this is how I did it probably six or seven years ago. And I completely forgot how to do it. But if you remember, you have to like use um, that ESR program to patch the game. So you've mm-hmm. downloaded an ISO yeah. off the internet. You patch it with e- ESR 
and then you burn it using like image burn to a disc. And then, there, then you just pop it in. As long as you have the free McBoot card in, it just boots off the disc and you're good to go. Right. Yeah. But then some of the games this guy wanted, it kept giving me an error because they were actually CD games, not DVD games. Hmm. Then I remembered you had to get a utility called ultra ISO and you changed the info on the, the, the ISO image to, say, hey, I'm a CD, not a DVD, and then you burn it to the disc. <laughs> and I had to relearn all this stuff. This is stuff I had done years and years ago, you know, all the time before I got into hard drives. But I remembered how to do that again. It just sort of, it, it, it struck me as a thing that we've been doing this so long now, the retro gaming stuff, yeah. <laughs> that I'm starting to forget stuff that I used to know and have to relearn. Oh, like I always it's going forget through stuff. A whole, the the retro is becoming retro <laughs> exactly <laughs> but anyway two games he wanted i burned for him and then i played those games for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes and they seemed really good um one is a game called samurai western have you guys heard of this sounds nope. awesome yeah so you are a samurai in a old west town and you basically it's like a third, like a first person game where you're the samurai, but you're looking over your shoulder, like first person over the shoulder. And you basically start taking your samurai sword and you're like deflecting bullets. Awesome. And you're basically just mowing down old Western dudes in this Western scene. You're, and it's like a, it's like a RPG style game. You just go through it mowing these guys down samurai style it, it looks awesome it really looks like a fun game and i, I know, only played it for about 10 minutes but it looks fantastic i really think the ps2 is my spirit animal and i just haven't realized it yet because there's so yeah. many games like that's the last era where they made games that uh gameplay wise aren't any different than they are today they're just now today they look better and they're bigger but actually yeah. the like things you can do in them are, aren't any different right but they still had that quirky let's just make a game with these two crazy things and mash them together and, and release it. And they still did that, which was yeah. completely gone with the PS3. Yeah, so, right. something like that. And I think the next game you're about to mention as well is just kind of two mismatched topics that are just mashed together. Like, let's see what these two things do together. Yep. So it's galactic wrestling. So it literally is a <laughs> wrestling game, but in space with aliens and yes. crazy stuff. And again, I don't have any skin in the game with with wrestling games. I'm not really in wrestling, but this game looked awesome. It looks like a totally fun, crazy wrestling game. It's those those two games right there sound like two '80s cartoons um, for kids' hour, don't they? Samurai yeah. Western and Galactic right? Wrestling. <laughs> I want to yep. play them both. So yeah. So I need to grab. I still I saved the ISOs, and I'm going to pop them on my hard drive and just. The the PS2 is such an untapped console. It was the best-selling console of all time, and the library is huge. There's no yeah. way we all know all the games on there. Um, and I literally only know of maybe like 10 or 15 games on the PS2 because that's all I had when I had a PS2. So One of those games is, is God of War, Tim. And yeah, God, God of War, of yeah. War Tim. <laughs> Greek. Um, <laughs> Mythology. Oh, it could be anything. Come on. <laughs> when, when Cody said uh, Kratos, I was like, Kratos. That I, I played that 
game on the PS, I think the um, the handheld one you gave, the PS Vita, I played God of War on that. Yeah. That you sent over, Tim. And I was like, oh, man, that, that's I, I know this one. You know, it's like, I mean, of course I knew it because I sent you. Well, they the say answer, his name but, constantly, Kratos. Yeah. We need your help, Kratos. I've not played it, so I don't know. Oh, really <laughs> good games. Really good so, games. So what we're saying then is we need to do a six good games PlayStation 2 version. Then I actually like that idea very much so. Man, I, I it's so untapped. I want to get into PS2 games because they yeah. they the PS2 is also a delineation. Like for me, that's when modern gaming started, but it still has those quirky kind of like you were saying, Topics, like fun yeah. elements to the games. Yeah. But the graphics are pretty good. So I mean, they're yeah. they're actually really decent games. Well, I think there's a good mix, isn't there? It's kind of like that was the first console where you really had like a sky's the limits style yeah. development yeah. cycle on it. But there was enough of the PlayStation influence still in some of the game development where there was that more, you know, kind of like more retro style. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yep. the kind of indie style and limitation style of games as well. So there was a heady mix. Plus, obviously, there was a ton of awful games and show oh, yeah. <laughs> for it. But then that might be a part of our six good games is to find some of the you know, really like Barbie or something like that, Cooking Mania or whatever, you know, it's a non-mainstream six good games for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And you could also do that for the Wii as well, because I don't think we've done the Wii at all, have we? Um, no, we, we did a little bit, but yeah, I, I know we've covered um, Mad World. Is it Mad World? We've covered yeah, a couple of games. Yeah, was that the cell shaded one, was yes. it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right, that's right. Yeah. And a couple other ones, but yeah, very but little. we didn't do little. six good games on there to cover for the Wii no. or any of those. No. no, no. So, But one thing we do need to do is make sure that our PS2s are all ready to go and modded. And I know uh, from my last time with, what was it, R-Type Final, whatever it was, I, I just had so much issues oh, yeah, that's right, to get huh? my PlayStation 2 sorted. So let, let me get that going first. And, I've uh, got then, I've got nothing modded on my. I, uh, Eric, you gave me a free McBoot cart, but I don't know what to do with it. Uh, to this day, I haven't done anything with it. So that's as far as okay. I've got. I'll have to I, give you guys a primer. I, I know. To teach you. I know everything we're saying is blasphemous. Speaking exactly. of blasphemous, that's the game I finally got around to playing. I got it on a Steam sale for a couple of bucks. It's a game that I've been looking at for quite a while. It's a Metroidvania, which is very much my thing, Metroid style game. It's got gorgeous pixel graphics and everything. The reason they haven't done it to this day is when it came out, it was like 25 bucks, and slowly it's been creeping down. I think I ended up getting it for like $4 or something. Uh, it's also got a very, on the surface, I was worried it was a uh, um, kind of a making fun of Christianity game, which, you know, obviously I'm Christian, so that's not something I pre- prefer to play, although I defend the right of people to make whatever they want. But uh, it turns out, it, I don't even... It's just kind of this really dark theme that kind of talks about this. Um, it's almost like a cult kind of a thing where they just kind of thrive on guilt and pain. And it sounds terrible. But the gameplay, long story short, is uh, this dude with a really pointy hat running around with a sword. Um, all kinds of very creative pixel art uh, bad guys and bosses. It's a Metroidvania, but you're, you know... Uh, if it's it feels like Pan's Labyrinth the game. Do you guys ever seen that movie Pan, Pan's Labyrinth? Yep. 
I remember no, it. I've not seen it. Yeah, it's very um, gro- kind of grotesque, but um, and, you know, there's a lot of blood and, and violence and gore and all that kind of thing. So if that's not your thing, it's, it's not your game. But the gameplay is solid, um, very creative. They do a lot of very creative things, and uh, it's a very cool, impressive-looking, creative uh, Metroidvania. And I've, um, according to my little map thing, I've gotten through about 28% of it so far, but um, I probably put five, six hours into it in that amount of time. So it's probably a 20, 25-hour game. And uh, pretty solid. I'm, I'm very happy with it. So that's all I have to nice. say about Blasphemous. I've, yeah, wonder, I've read about that game. He, I wonder if he takes his pointed thing off in between levels and... Uh, pulls an ipa in it and drinks it to refresh himself <laughs> it, does, it does look like a cow <laughs> horn he's wearing this is true this is true mm. um so i have been messing around with my de10 nano which is part of the mister we've heard um, wasn't there going to be a second tea time with tim to finish that project up there is um and i will give you kind of like a hint what that's going to be based on okay and Tim uh, goes off camera again and comes back. So this yeah. is my mister inside yeah. a wonderful case from um, Heba and Retro Man Cave, which is yep. Neil. Um, and inside I recognize that thing. is the multi-system board. So this was very, very, very kindly sent to me uh, by Richard Horn. Um, who is one of the directors of Heba um, and makes these very fine products. So I just open it up. So as you can see inside, sorry, it's very visual this bit, um, but there's my, the D10 Nano sits there in the middle. Um, and this is the, the multi-system board here. So as you, it's got a SCART socket on board. So you just hook this thing up to a CRT and Bob's your uncle. It's a Bobby Dazzler <laughs> straight away. <laughs> Um, I, I had to buy, um, a, the fan, uh, it, the good thing as well is it comes with 128 megabyte memory on board. So straight out of the bat, um, like my last Mr. Experience where I didn't have any Ram and all that sort of stuff. And I had to, had to go through all the trials and tribulations of buying bits. This is why I didn't want to buy so much stuff is because I knew I was going to get one of these. Um, and I didn't need to buy all of that stuff, but cause it's got all the USB ports on the front. Um, and on the back, so it's got all the connections on there. So it's got um, the uh, uh, network port, USB. It's got the VGA port, um, digital sound out. Um, the, what is it? SPDIF or whatever it is. Um, uh, HDMI. And then you also need to get yourself a power supply. So they recommend one of the nine volt Meanwell power supplies, um, yeah. which was actually a bit difficult for me to get because most places, huh. um, they wanted to ship it, even though I could order it here in the UK, they wanted to ship it from America. Um, and now all the shipping rules have changed or something like that. And they wouldn't ship one of those PSUs to me, but I ma- managed to find one eventually anyway. Um, Can we talk about Brexit for a minute? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Brexit. <laughs> no, let, let, let's not go there. Cause you don't want to get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So I just want to say a big thank you to uh, Richard Horn of Heba. Um, so you can go and find their website um heba.co.uk rich is also on uh, twitter 
so he's at rich rap 3d uh, so go over there and give him a follow on twitter um so uh, they've got some more projects I've, I've noticed on twitter that they've got some more projects coming up and they look like stuff to do with arcade boards so i don't know exactly what they're doing there so richard if you're listening i would like to come over and see what you're doing because <laughs> <laughs> it looks really good um if you want a multi-system yourself you can um pop over to um their website which is shop.retrocollective.co.uk um they've also done a new um thing that looks really interesting which you can plug in and i know i, I don't want to give too much away on your next section um because uh, i think that's what you might be talking about but they do uh, a control dock um yeah. which has um uh, db9 and db15 ports on there and it gives you a way to connect like original old school controllers with low latency um so they've got those on there as well and the other thing that was just announced recently is the multi-system has also gone open source um so they've got a github um heber have got a github now um up where you can actually go to the multi-system and get all the schematics um a bill of materials and all that sort of stuff and build one yourself if you're so inclined well i will respond by saying that sounds awful because i have been wanting to buy one of these since i heard about it on retro man cave and yeah. the reason that would appeal to me is wait i can just buy the whole thing without having to figure out how to put it together and program it yeah. and do all this stuff yes i want to do that so that's my yeah. always been my plan. So if they've, I don't know if they have those in stock right now, but what you were just oh, yeah. holding in your hand is what I've been wanting. So yes. that is yeah. probably my entrance into the Mister. Yeah, that, that, and to be honest with you, it just makes life so much easier. Um, you just just plug it in and go with this. It, you know, you, uh, you don't have to go through all the hassle that I went through. Um, it's it's all in one system, and it's just so so nice. Um, yeah, it it just just makes it into like a, a literally a plug and play system, which is what you want. It's That's really, what I really want. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's which is like a really nice. cool. I, and I just love the looks of it. I mean, I that multi system. I still might get one of those someday, um, because I'd like to do a couple of Mister builds. Um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have one, the DE10 Nano itself. Um, but that multi system just does everything, and it's all in one cool box console yeah. you know what i mean so i yeah. mean i yeah. i think it's amazing I, I i would really love to do that someday yeah. too and i uh, rich also did send me something else which i've held back so that's something that i'm gonna do on the on my next tea time with tim nice um, to do to do with the similar sort of thing um, cool but uh, yeah that's cool. my multi-system update speaking of the mister eric what do you yeah, got to so tell us about it? I've so I've had a Mister since the Mister came out because I the Is first Mister I had a I had a thing called Mist. Yeah. The first Mist Mister yeah. was called the Mist, mm -hmm. and it was this little aluminum box, and every core had to have its own SD card. So literally, I had this little billfold of like thirty SD cards, and each with their own core. Now that there's the Mister. Um, you can put everything on one SD card, all the different cores, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I always wanted, I used more of the computer cores than the console cores because I have all the consoles, right? Yeah. Um, so I used the computer one. So what made sense for me is to 3D print the wedge, you know, the wedge computer, which yeah. is, is um, 
what I've been rocking with my mister for a long time, but it did have its drawbacks. And the problem with it was when you put the DE10 Nano in that custom 3D case that turns into a little wedge computer, a lot of the ports on the DE10 are hidden because they're on the inside of the mister, right? Yeah. Um, and there's no way around that. You just because you can't have all ports showing. Okay, so I made the decision that I was going to move away from the wedge and ended up getting a new enclosure for it. And it's from Mister Add-ons, which is a guy I follow on Twitter, and I've had a lot of conversations with him. Yep. And it's this cool little um, aluminum it's, it's, enclosure on here. Yeah. It's kind of it, like the, the box with everything, isn't it? A box with everything. So the way the Mr. works is that you stack cards on top of each other um, using legs. And basically the bottom one here is the USB hub. Um, the second one is the IO card, uh, whether you get an analog or a digital IO card. And then the, yeah. the DE10 Nano sits on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I decided just to make that move. And the, what's interesting about this enclosure from Mr. Add-ons is that there's no fan inside of here. What it is is there's a thermal pad that goes on top of the Cyclone chip. The case the FPGA is the chip. Yep, and then the case is the cooling. So the case has this big metal aluminum heat sink that goes down and presses right down on top of the Cyclone chip or the little yeah. thermal pad you put on there. And yeah, the case gets really hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little scary, but I mean, this thing, the thing about the, the DE10 Nano that most people don't know is it is a teaching board from Intel, yeah. but it is also an industrial, it's an industrial motherboard. So that thing is designed to, it really is designed to run without a fan. So you don't really need one if you have proper ventilation in the case or a giant heat sink. So this little case that I got is basically the heat sink. So this thing gets super hot and it's supposed to, and it works fine. Um, the whole reason I did this though, was to get exposed this port. And what this port. port is, is it is called the, the snack, the serial IO port. Yeah. Um, and it looks like a USB port, a USB three port, but it isn't, it is a serial port. If you plug a USB thing in here, it just won't work. It's not a USB. It's just the way the port is designed. But it's a, it's a direct serial port. And what people have done is they've created a um, – and I used a – there's an eBay shop on um, – eBay. well, there's a shop on eBay that is run by 7407 Chris L. Just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> but um, it's this little thing, and this is called the snack card. And what the snack card is, is it plugs into this port on there. Nom, 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 nom. And the snack port then plugs into these any any controller, like the original Nintendo controller. It basically, there's this little add-on that plugs into that adapter card. So there's all these different modular connectors. Like this is the snack one for the original NES but you yeah. can get one. And basically I bought a kit from this guy on eBay and it wasn't super expensive. I think it came out to like 50 bucks and it has just about every controller you can think of. I got a TG 16 PC engine PS one. Um, 
SMS, like the Sega Master System. All those dongles? Yep, G- Genesis. Wow. The, all the dongles come in because the dongles really have no. There's nothing on them. There's yeah. no. It's, it's just a port to USB. It's just to, a port that then the plugs into the snap in. thing. So yeah. I've got a very ton inexpensive. Of these, yeah, these little dongles right here. Yeah. I've got like now I have seven of them to cover all the retro machines, so I can use them on my Mister the original controllers. Now they are because it's a direct serial line into the DE10 using the snack adapter. It's zero lag or next to zero lag. So they've done all sorts of like ratings and studies on this. And it's like, it's either it's, it's equivalent to the console using a CRT, even if you're playing on an LCD. So they're very, very low latency or zero latency in some aspects. Um, so anyway, that's the whole reason I wanted to get out of the wedge business and get into this was so I could experience the snack and with original controllers. And that brings me to my last thing here, because um, I didn't want to go on and on about this. The The only games I really can feel the lag are so far that I've tried, because I'm not really all that sensitive to lag. I mean, I think, Tim, you and I discussed this. We're just yeah. not, I'm just not that sensitive to it. But one game that I noticed a big difference on the original Nintendo versus the Mr. was Mega Man. Every time I played Mega Man, I could feel the lag because a lot of that stuff is tricky. I mean, there's a lot of very tricky platforming. And you have to jump at the right times to get to certain platforms, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided that this all just started out as a test to test the snack adapter. I decided to play Mega Man 2 on this thing, okay? Good choice. So, so I started playing it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I f- it feels good. It feels like my original Nintendo. Like, it feels like the original deal. So I started playing it and I beat the first boss, which I'd never done before. Beat the first boss. Then I beat the second boss. Big time and stuff. Then I was Big like, time stuff. And then I posted on Twitter and I'm just like, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to beat Mega Man 2. <laughs> I'm going to beat my first Mega Man. And I was like all excited. And I so here here's the deal. I didn't use I did not use any cheats and I only used game save states at the end of every level. I didn't use them in the middle of the level except for Heatman. And I think it's cuz I had a volleyball tournament to go to or something so I had to I saved in the middle of that one. That was the only one. So I wanted to give my uh The point is you never used a cheat for an advantage. You used it I used it so I didn't have just, to type the password a, in. Just as a very long pool yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, because it, Mega Man has the password system. I didn't want to deal with that. So I basically used the save state within the Mr. Um, on that. But I did get all the way through the game, and I beat Mega Man 2. That is amazing. Let's use this one again. <laughs> I need to get more positive sounds going on here. We keep using the ballpark, but... <laughs> and the only well the done. Only... So I am proud of you because I, I want. You. Actually, a part of me is a little sad because I wanted to to beat our first Mega Man together, Eric. Yeah, I was kind of hoping, but you know, nonetheless, <laughs> you've grown up. I've grown up. I like you've yep. matured today. The only thing I could say about Mega Man, the only thing I really want to say about it, because um, I mean, at this point, I think most people, most of our listeners, know Mega Man, know what it's all about, but. The one thing I really didn't understand was that it is a game of learning what all the weapons do. So you really got to try them out at every level. 
like when you beat a boss on a level, you get his weapon or, or whatever the weapon is for that boss. And you really need to learn it. Now you may not need it a lot because I use the, um, the wood blade one almost on everything. Cause it was the most powerful to me. And it, it, and it didn't it use a lot of, of, uh, ammo when you used it. Yeah. Correct. So I use that almost exclusively, except on levels that required another weapon or whatever, like the platforming guns, like the one, two, three guns. Yep. And um, so basically, when you get to the end of the game, I didn't know that it went to a little mini map where you have to go through a bunch of levels to get to the final boss and beat the final boss. Every Mega Man knows that, that. you have to beat all the bosses. Yep. In order again without your health replenishing, except for a little bit at the end. Yeah, you know, each boss gives you a small amount. So you got to do it That's efficiently. Right. Yep. So you have to do it efficiently and you have to, to get there when you're going through the overworld, you have to use everything you've learned. Yep. Because there's but platforms. You, but then you feel like a boss because you can do it. At that yeah. point, you can and, do it. And there were times when I was like running out of, because in the beginning, you do start to accumulate a lot of lives. Um, now you, you die a lot, so you lose the lives, but you do accumulate a lot. And I, my life thing would ebb and flow. Like I'd go down real low and then I'd get it back up and then I'd go down real low. And then at that final part, I was getting so low. I was like, uh, I, I, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And I could go back to a save state, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't, I never had to do that based on me losing. Like I, I never hit the game over. Yep. So um, nice. I was pretty proud of that. Uh, but I beat it. Mega Man 2 in the books. Well done. You beat Dr. Yeah. Wily. He, he, uh, he pleaded on the ground for his life. He did. <laughs> Stepped on him. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I, I don't know where Tim went now, but I'm sure he's going to give you a golden award or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> a trophy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You win a copy of Quadron on the spectrum. Yes. Perfect. That's a good, Perfect. That's a good, that's a good trophy. Yeah. Uh, um, so my my thing is very quick. Okay. Um, part of um, creating this month's video uh, for um, that I've uh, put out on YouTube about the penultimate plus plus two was that I had a few challenges with the Vic Twenty trying to get a decent um, enough picture to do some game capture from and the the screen capture. Um, and I've got various different ways of HDMI upscaling, but the best way I found for the Vic 20 um, was to use one of these, a Sony DVD recorder with mm -hmm. HD, hmm. but what this has is it has a SCART composite and component and then it outputs to HDMI. So it does all the upscaling and you can pick these oh, boxes up. I picked this one up for 30 pounds. Wow. So it's just an old, you know, so, you know, most people don't use them anymore. Just a, one of the old DVD recorders, hate, hate hard drive recorders that you used to be able to get. Um, and that does um, 1080p upscaling all built in and it's Sony. So it's got decent hardware and all that sort of stuff. And it works like a treat. It's a, it's big and bulky. Um, you know, obviously like the over, uh, OSCC and the Medusa that I've got, you know, they're obviously a lot smaller. Um, but they're also like 200 pounds. These you can yeah. pick up. 
you know it's it's probably not as brilliant as one of those things maybe not as tunable as one of those things um but yeah just just as a very quick tip if you want to do some basic upscaling and all that sort of stuff have a hunt for one of those and see if you can find them i bet they're five times as much in america i don't think i've ever seen one of those in my life i don't think i've seen a dvd recorder standalone like that in my life yeah this is dvd but this has also got hard drive in it as well yeah i don't think you can record anything onto the dvd or onto the hard drive i think Um, i had like a tivo once that had a dvd thing as well very similar sort of thing so um just just for reference this is a sony uh rdr that's romeo delta romeo dash dc 100 so if anyone hmm. wants to Google and have a look for one of those, yeah, so it's got um, so line line in, so it's got scar, all that sort of stuff. Plus on the front, on this one, it's got uh, S-video input, um, and then it's also got uh, composite input and audio and DV in, USB. It's got everything on this thing. Cool. So... Yeah. For the UK listeners, you're not going to find that in America because nothing we have has SCART on it, which I literally learned yeah. on this show when I first met Tim. Never heard of SCART before in my life. Nope. <laughs> no, no SCART here. Well, if we can afford it, I might send that over in the next box to you guys. And, and one, <laughs> one of you can have that because it's, you know, that I can say I can pick those up for sort of like 20, 30 pound every, all day. <laughs> so it's a good, good way of getting SCART. You know, recently, uh, actually today on, on, uh, Twitter was it Rob? It might have been Rob, but somebody, somebody else, um, somebody told me that they just learned today that Americans have no idea what an egg cup is. Egg cup. <laughs> Do you know what an egg cup is, Eric? The, ch- the answer is no. He doesn't know what an egg cup is because we don't know what an egg cup is because we only make three times of eggs over here: scrambled, uh, over easy, and uh, sunny side up. There's no soft boiled eggs. You don't put an egg in a cup and cut off the top and eat it out of the <laughs> shell. That's not a thing. We don't Scoop know about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. We also don't have electric kettles. No. <laughs> um, I'll go quick here. Um, I was excited to show Eric this one because it is a tower defense game and it's a steam game. I've been playing called kingdom rush vengeance and, um, let me click it here so you can see a little bit of it, but I've been playing the heck out of this. I beat, I got to the point where it plays the credits, but then it gives you, um, I think it's like 18 or 20 levels, but then it gives you like another seven. So oh. I don't know if I can consider it beat yet, but um, it's, uh, it's a fun little tower defense game that if I can get past these advertisements, you're going to be able to see guys. Uh, <laughs> and I was just having a blast with it here. So, so what was game. this on Steam, was it? Yeah, it's just Steam. Again, I didn't do a whole lot this month because I only had a few days, but I did play this one. I brought my laptop to Germany and played this in Germany a few times. Um, but, you know, tower defense and enemies come from one or two, maybe even three different paths. And you're setting up towers at these scheduled points and you can get upgraded towers and your hero, you can get different heroes, earn different heroes. In this case, it's this little ninja looking guy. And they work differently and you're putting the hero places while building towers, while upgrading towers, while attacking enemies. And you can click over here when these little timers are on. And if you let those enemy um, groupings come at you quicker, you get extra money because you, you, you kind of proceeded the game quicker. Therefore, more money means you can 
build more towers or upgrade towers quicker. And of course, if you place a bad tower, you can delete it for kind of half the money you paid to build it. It's kind of on paper a stereotypical tower defense game, but done really well with um, uh, just fun, great gameplay. And you, I kind of want to keep playing and kind of max out all my heroes, even though I already beat all the levels and uh, try all the different towers. And uh, there's there's lots to do and it's tower defense and it's fun. So Kingdom yeah, Rush Pendants. Kind of steampunky style graphics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Kind of yeah, fantasy meets steampunk. Yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. I like the art art style in it. Was that that was for PC on Steam? You know it. It was very much an Eric game. Yeah, so, that and looks then, great. And your heroes, um, you know, your hero, you move around kind of separately. You can point and click where you want the hero to go to kind of help out. But they also have these little power ups. So it's, you know, you can't really tell because it keeps getting in the way. But there's three little power ups down here. So like this one for this hero. Uh, kind of strikes lightning four times in the same spot. This one kind of puts a couple of gargoyles out for 30 seconds to help you defend. And this one spills acid on a group and then they keep being poisoned while they walk through the maze. And then those slowly recharge. And of course you can upgrade your abilities so that they recharge faster and, you know, all kinds of little kind of micromanagey stuff. But ultimately it's a fun upgradable tower defense game. And I've been having, I probably put legitimately 40 hours into it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm having a wow. great time with it. Nice. There you go. It looks right at my alley. I'll, I'm going to grab it. That it does. That it does. And of course, you can get it for a couple bucks on Steam sales. <laughs> nice. Eric, so, you beat a game. Yep. So this is a game that I mentioned many episodes back called Cult Canyon. Um, it is a very retro-inspired pixel-style game where you are a cowboy, you're roaming around. Each level is just an area of the of the world, I guess. Um, but it has a very sepia-toned kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's not a lot of different colors, but it's kind of a sepia-toned game. You are just a silhouette, so you have no, like, real granular details to your character uh, sprite, the graphics for the character sprite. Um, but you're going around, you're picking up weapons. Uh, there's all sorts of different old school, you know, old West weapons, like a, a six shooter revolver, a little like shotgun, a little like um, slug gun that shoots like maybe two rounds. Um, you basically are going around collecting weapons and trying to clear the levels. And there are multiple bosses in the game. And then ultimately you're just trying to find, I think it's your girlfriend. I don't, it's, I beat this about a month ago, but um when you kill things or open up crates or blow up crates in this game that drops ammo because ammo is a scarce resource. So you really have to collect the, the ammo. Um, when, when I had first mentioned this, the game, I was like, Oh man, this game looks awesome. But you know, I didn't have time to play it and I didn't get back to it. And then I had to move on. And then I literally just found this like in my library going, you know what? I never beat this and I really liked it. And I started playing it and I couldn't put it down. And I've been taking it on my steam deck to like, my daughter's volleyball practices and just playing it over and over again. And I just finally got to the end and beat it. It looks excellent. I I do Um, remember this one. Oh, it's a fun game and it is a blast. And the weapons are really interesting. Uh, The levels are cool. It's just an all around great game. And it's one of those ones that's pretty cheap on steam as well. Colt Canyon. Yep. I'll be picking that up. Yep. Yep. Nice. Another Western style looking game. Isn't it? Yeah, Tim, I'm excited to hear about this. Is this a pickup by chance? 
Yes, it is. Yes. I can't remember whether I mentioned this or not a, a couple did of not, shows ago or think. something. But um, anyway, I, I don't know if you can see it in the background. There's, yes. the, there's the big box, the Atari box. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I picked up a 2600 um, Darth Vader. So <laughs> yeah. That is, um, and of course, that's kind of the nickname for the uh, the all black one. Yeah. Yes. So it's the Atari Twenty Six Hundred or the VCS. This doesn't have the wooden front. This has the black style yep. front on it. So that's where it kind of derives its name because it's all black. So it's the the, the Darth Vader one. They're always four switches. They're not the sw- six switches. So you never find a a heavy sixer in this this style. Um, but um, yeah, so I actually have a working Twenty Six Hundred now. I didn't realize you didn't have one before, but yeah, yeah. that's a cool I, one too. I've got one. I've got one, and it was modded by um, Rod from Future was eight bit. He put the composite mod in it and all yep. that sort of stuff. Brought it back home, and the sound never worked on it again. Really? Uh. <laughs> uh, huh. So yeah, uh, I've, I've I've got a ton of cartridges, and I've got that thirty two games in one cartridge. I think it is. Um, and this this one actually came with a bunch of games as well. Um, so so yeah, I picked one of those up because I didn't have one of those working, and uh, it was cheap enough. So I thought my my cool. main twenty six hundred is a Vader, like it's a four switch Vader style, um, which I modded. So it has it's composite, and it it that's my main one that I play twenty six hundred games on. I have a heavy sixer. But the video output is horrible on it, so I don't yeah. use it very often. Yeah. But yeah, um, and you know what the first game I played on this was, Eric? What is that? That copy of River Raid you got me. Perfect. That's the best <laughs> game on there. Yeah, that's one of the best games. That's a great game. Yeah. All right, Eric. I have no idea what this means, so explain this one to me. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> Giggity. So the funny thing is uh, it's funny how we come across things sometimes so i was watching um a video on how to assemble that mr that new mr case mm-hmm. this uh this aluminum case right and it's it's there's not much to it but it you know there's a bunch of screws probably 15 screws or something like that that put that together um so i was watching miss the guy on mr add-ons take it apart, put it back together. And he was using this tool in the, <laughs> in the video and it was called a wow stick. Wow. And he had a Amazon referral link in there if you wanted to buy one, but he wasn't selling that. He was just like, Hey, th- this is a really cool little tool. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. And I was watching the video. I was like, I really need that. That is freaking <laughs> awesome. And here it is. So it's like this little, screwdriver that looks like a pen yep and it charge recharges with usb-c but when you turn it on it has a little light on there wow. it goes back and forth wow <laughs> there you go wow <laughs> yeah. it's a wow stick and like it came with a ton of cool stuff it came with about like i don't know like 80 bits like the little bits you put in there but you could it's a it uses the standard bits yeah. So anything will fit. But it came with the one of the coolest things it came with was this mat that has like yeah. a little grid on it, but it's a magnetic mat. I was going to say, bet that's magnetic. Yeah. So you basically <laughs> take the screws out and it's already, the wow stick is already magnetic. So that's wow. And then you put them <laughs> on the, 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 this magnetic mat has squares on it. So you put the screws 
yep. in certain areas and they stick to the mat. It's genius. <laughs> so how much was your wow stick? I don't remember. What so was it was basically um, just a small um, pen-shaped uh, automatic screwdriver with the light on the end? That's right. Yep. That's, that's all it is, is right? but yep. it's made a world of you. I've already used it on a ton of different um, projects and it is awesome. It's about like, uh, it looks like it's about 40 bucks. Yeah. About 40 bucks for 50 bucks. Wow. Yep. But again, it comes <laughs> with a ton of crap. So anyway, cool. new Fun. tool called the wow stick. You can look it up on Amazon. It's pretty cool. £29.95 pence here in the UK. There you go. There you go. I love it. This thing is cool. So, anyway, that's it. I'm going to get <laughs> me one of those. I know. We all have stuff to pick up now. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> yep. I think we are thoroughly caught up, finally. We did have a lot to talk about. I should say YouTube yes. had a lot to talk about. Um, I had a whole lot of non-news, uh, which means we should hop right on in to six good games. <laughs> Wow. And, and Tim, <laughs> Eric and I have been talking the entire month about how you chose this topic and what it exactly means. So <laughs> what are six good 8-bit wilderness games? So basically, wilderness years. So the years when uh, thing retro wasn't really a thing for a lot of people. Uh, games weren't getting developed en masse uh, like they are now for Commodore 64 and Amiga and all that sort of thing. When it went through, it's kind of got its second wind, didn't it? And really, this period in time lasted has lasted longer than the kind of like the original age. Um, but yeah, so I thought, well, let's let's try and find some of those games that kind of really gone under the radar in those years and. Uh, First of all, I thought, I think I went, what was it, 1995 to 2005. Yes. And they really were the wilderness years because there wasn't a huge amount at that time. So I kind of like <laughs> opened the bracket a little bit and was a little bit more generous. So I brought it between 1995 and 2015. So, Which was very yeah. generous because I think we, at that I feel like a lot of games started breaking out in like 2010, a lot of the newer stuff. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think 2015, 2016 is where kind of like things started really to ramp up. Okay. Um, but yeah, like 2010 around there where you, you they kind of like, um, well, a couple of the games that I've had, it's like came where you had some of the game competitions start to come back in. So people started to want to, you know, really do more of the coding and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of this was was driven from. Now, there was one game that I wanted to try for this. Um, um, I think it was like, uh, I can't remember the, the exact name, which is like, is a Commodore 64 game, which was called Deep Space or something like that. Um, and it was published by Protovision. Um and it the the requirements for the Commodore sixty four were crazy. I mean, like we've we've recently had like Sonic the Hedgehog, where you needed the RMU. Yeah. Um, but this needed um, the Super CPU and REU with certain amount of RAM, certain amount of CPU rate. Um, you needed it to be a minimum of a fifteen eighty one drive. Um, so three and a half inch disc, um, or you could actually run it from a 
C what was it the CMD hard drive image or something like that and it was just ridiculous I mean I've got the ultimate 64 and I just could not get this thing working on there um and eventually I managed to just about get it running on vice and I'm like the 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 price of entry on this is just ridiculous so i thought i'm not going to cover that appreciate it appreciate it it's nuts um (laughs) so yeah so that's that's the that's what i chose for six gig games so we're going to go for six eight bit wilderness years games from 1995 to 2015 and i think we all try to get some earlier ones in the spirit of what you're getting at there and I think we probably all realized pretty quickly that we're going to have to extend our search past yeah. <laughs> past 2005, just like you had mentioned. So yeah, there, there, there was one or two. I mean, like uh, you know, there was the obvious, like what was it, Mayhem in Monsterland, and all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. That's that's been done already, you know. So um, and some of the latest creatures games and that sort of thing. But again, most of it was Commodore 64 based. So um, I try try to avoid that as much as I could. And what did you end up with, Tim? You got game number one here. Yeah, so the first one um, I found was a game called Crownland. 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 Terrible pronunciation by La Resistance. <laughs> oh. um, this is this was developed um, in 2007 uh, by the demo group La Resistance, uh, who are Probe, Code, and Prowls. Um, and uh, uh, graphics. Oh yeah. Who did the graphics and then, uh, born did the music, which is absolutely brilliant in this game anyway. Um, so this is a game that was released in 2007 for the ABBUC software contest, um, and came in second place. The winner was really? actually Yump. Do you remember Yump? On oh the yeah. Starring? I know Yump. Yeah, we, I do that. remember that one. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good one. I think this it was only beaten because Yump was kind of like a bit more of an original concept, whereas this is sort of like an out and out run and jump platformer, basically. Um, so this, like I say, it's a Mario style run and jump platformer. Um, you have to navigate through the levels, jumping on platforms, um, jumping across distances, collecting stars. Um, and you've obviously got to avoid the enemies like snails and birds, and you can jump on them not only to kill the enemies, but obviously you get uh, to jump higher. Um, you the 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 graphic style on this is kind of like I guess it's, it looks like a bit of a mashup between an NES game and a Commodore sixty four game. So you've got like the really nice super bright colors of the nes match with sort of like the chunkiness of a commodore 64 sprite very good description it looks very much exactly what you said yeah yeah and that that's what the atari does best it's kind of a bit of a mashup between both um and again, you could kind of like make a direct comparison with this with Mayhem in Monsterland, where I think it probably took some of the inspiration from it. Um, so you've got, I don't know how many levels you've got in this, but each kind of like level has got different sections. So I think it's got three sections for each level. Um, and the idea is, is obviously to get from one side of the level to the other, collecting stars, uh, jumping and killing things along the way. Um yeah, I mean, this is just an absolute stunner of a game for the Atari 8-bit. Um, the graphics are amazing. The sound is brilliant. Um, and I, I just think this is a real, you know, hidden gem. I mean, for, for me anyway, I'd never seen this game before. I don't know if either of you guys had seen it. Um, 
yeah I, I just had an absolute blast playing this i didn't i didn't get massive amount of time on it um but um yeah it looks like one i'm definitely going to go back to and, and play some more um so um have you guys seen seen this one at all I think I've seen it before. I think I, I might have watched a video on it, or I might have even tried to download it and run it uh, in the past. But it oh, does um, look really familiar to me. But I can't be I can't be one hundred percent sure. Sorry, just one thing I did omit from that. This is uh, a hundred twenty eight meg game. Uh, it's a K game. Sorry. Um, so yeah. you do need the like the expanded eight hundred XL or the one thirty XE to run this. So sorry bit of a caveat and i think that's when i downloaded it was when i first installed my upgrade in my atari 800 xl i was looking for games that used an expanded atari and i think i did download this and it was fun it was a great game yep and game. i i use i use my mister to play this <laughs> yeah this looks amazing i've never seen anything that looks this impressive on the atari i didn't know about it and i'm very excited to try it um unfortunately I don't, it's funny, I can't even remember what I own anymore. I believe I sold off both my 130XLs, and I only have the 800. Uh, you you sent me one of your 130s. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember, did I expand my 800 to 5? Well, I, I must have. If not, I'm going to, because I want to play this. This looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very bright. It looks very Mario-inspired. Uh, Mayhem and Monster Land is a good, uh, a good description of kind of like the gameplay, but the backgrounds are very impressive on this. And yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this one yet. Good call. Cool. Uh, Eric, what have you got? So the first game I picked was one that once you expanded the time parameters, I knew I had to include this game because I... <laughs> You've always loved this one. I think one. it's... I really think it's an underrated game. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys are into sports games, um, but this game is called Jam It for the Commodore 64. Um, I I think this might be a little controversial, but I think it's probably the best sports game on the Commodore 64. I love it. Um, it's definitely, for me, the best basketball game. Um, it is two-on-two -two basketball. It was written in 2015. Um I remember buying this and I don't know if he still does this, but if you sent him an email after you bought it, he would go in there and there were names of players in this game and he would put your name in there or any four players names in, in like just hack the game for you and put the name. So I remember I did all my family, like, you know, my son's name, my daughter's name. Um, I basically put their names in as players. Um, the game was uh, is still available. I'm looking at the website. It's like $3.50. But basically what the game is in a nutshell is two-on-two -two basketball. But if you think of a basketball game, it's very hard to program for a one-button joystick. But the, So the guy really focused on trying to fix that. Like, what can I do to make it so one button's enough to play a game? So the game is very context-sensitive to what you're doing, whether you're on offense or defense and the position of your player will change what the fire button does. So if you're on defense and you're standing in front of a player and, and the guy is driving you the basket, he will jump and try to block the shot. Whereas if you're away from like out of the key and away from it, he will try to steal um, the ball. Every player has an energy bar on the right hand side. That energy goes down 
um, during like when the cheerleaders come out between quarters, like if you press the button really fast, it jacks your energy up. <laughs> so you're basically like playing this game to try to get raise your energy in between uh, plays. Um, the game really is just it, it, it is. Oh, and another thing it supports the four player multi-tap for the Commodore 64. So if you go to ProtoVision, you buy the four, four player tap, you can play four player basketball, which I don't think any other game on the Commodore 64 does that for basketball. Um, there's unlockable things in this game. There's a halftime mini game, like show mini game. Um, it, it, it really is just an amazing game. I, I, I had a blast playing this and it, it, to me, it's kind of a bummer that you just don't hear much about it. I mean, in 2015, this came out and I do remember people talking about it and it was to a kind of a lot of fanfare, but then it just kind of died down and no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. So my only history with this game, I've never played it, but this is a, a timestamp for me, Eric, because right after I met you and learned what a Commodore 64 was, I think, uh, you and I went back and forth like once a month uh, via text or maybe a phone call. Uh, I finally owned my own Commodore 64 and was learning what it was. And you told me you just got this game. So this is like right after I learned what the C64 was. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got my C64 in, uh, in 2015. And I know that because of this game. <laughs> yeah. And I remember you getting it. And I remember me not, I'll be honest. I remember me not quite understanding why you were so interested in this game. And yeah. uh, it still doesn't seem to resonate with me the way it does to you just watching it, but I haven't played it. So, but yeah, cool. I, I think it's a fantastic basketball game. Like I said, one of the best on the system, but you know, everybody has their opinion on it and I could see it. it is, it's hard if you've played like one of my favorites is NBA live 95 on the super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I played that to death. And when you play that and then you go to this, I mean, it's rudimentary, right? I mean, it's, it's a it, it there's just not as much there but i still think this game is awesome i love it yeah half court basketball two on two reminds me of a game i played on the uh, nintendo when i was a kid called nba hoops yeah and that was a pretty awful game so maybe that's why i don't look at this one very well is because i associate it with that one <laughs> yeah but haven't played it so have you cool. have you played this at all tim um i think i have briefly um, but I haven't, I haven't played it for any period of time. I seem to remember loading it up and giving it a quick go, but, um, uh, and that was, that was before I joined the show. So I haven't, I haven't visited since, but I remember you talking about it a couple of times on yeah. the show. Cool. Cool. All right. Cody, what do you got? My first game. And I was trying to find games, uh, in that first window, but I ended up finding this game and ended up playing it to the point where I went ahead and beat it. So I had to play it. I love me some MSX. So uh, for the MSX Dev 2011 competition, this game was created, and then they expanded upon it and made a full game out of it. It's called Zombie Incident. Um, not sure if you guys have tried this one yet or not, but no. it's kind of similar to your Atari game, Tim, where you look at it and you're like, man, that's actually a really good-looking game. Looks kind of NES-like. Maybe NES meets um, Commodore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a unique game. In this video, it shows a lot of things flashing. They really didn't do that. But if you enjoy uh, platformers where you jump on top of things, like Mario, 
but you really just enjoy jumping on top of things, you're going to love this game because that is the gameplay. Uh, it's got great visuals. Uh, it's got this cool kind of uh, dark midnight looking, you know, purples and dark blues and blacks. Um, and they've got um, characters that kind of travel on paths back and forth, right? It's a, it is a platformer. You can only jump. You're this little girl. Um, and the enemies might be, there's birds, there's bats, there's like zombies running on the ground. There's these snail things around the ground. And it is a flip screen. So each time you get to a screen, you've got all these characters there. And the goal is to jump on their heads. When you jump on their heads, they kind of flash for, for you know, two, maybe two, three seconds. Uh, and then they come back. So when I first played this game, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought you just kind of tried to have to get somewhere. And I couldn't figure anything out. And then I learned kind of later, just trial and error, maybe watching a YouTube video. The idea is when you hit an enemy, it'll flash for a second and come back a different color. And those colors kind of have a hierarchy. So if you see something that is green... It has two hit points. So when you hit it once, it'll flash for a while, come back as a skeleton. It'll be white. And then it only has one hit point. You hit it again, it disappears. Uh, by the time you get further in the game, uh, there's screens where there's enemies that are various shades of yellow or green that might take seven hits. Um, now, if you hit an enemy and it flashes for a while, and then it comes back, and then you don't hit it again for like, I don't know, 15 seconds it'll start reverting and it'll flash back to higher amounts of hit points. So the whole game is based on going through every screen in the game, finding a way to platform your way through things, hit all of the enemies to the point where they disappear. And once they disappear, they're gone. And it keeps a counter in the corner of how many kills you have. Um, You have one life bar for the whole game with a lot of hit points. Um, And every time you kill so many enemies or clear a screen, you'll get a couple back. Uh, So you're kind of the whole game, you're trying to, you know, make sure you don't get hit very much at all. Cause when you get low, you're, you're really cautious. Um, there's a lot of jumps where you kind of have to kind of almost joust like, right. Jump towards the enemy, but hit and make sure you're hitting them higher than they hit you so that you're on top of them. Otherwise you'll get damaged as well. Um, but it's just a really well-playing platformer with great graphics. Um, music's okay. Um, but I, I killed, what is it, 250 enemies altogether and got them all. And uh, ultimately, the goal is to get to a few screens where once you kill all the enemies, there there's a, an archway with a gate on it, and the gate opens up. You go through the gate, and inside the secret room, there is a star. So once you get eight stars, you can actually run back to the very first screen on the whole game, and um, and you've got all the eight stars and saved the world or whatever it is. Save, save yeah. the world from zombies. Um <laughs> But it's just a solid platformer. It's a lot of fun, and uh, and it's free. <laughs> so, uh, although I will probably throw um, the the creator of this game a few bucks because I had a few hours worth of fun with it. So yeah, and I did do the thing where I played the game, and then when I had to stop, I just left the MSX on and turned off the TV and came back the next day and kept playing. <laughs> and, nice. I, and I did that a couple times. So I did a couple of like forty five minute sessions to beat it. So. There you go, oh, zombie incident. Nice one. Gonna have to. Check I, I like the graphics in this. This looks. I mean, the graphics look really great. And is this for MSX two or just a regular good old MSX? Good old MSX. That's amazing. Look at the graphics. It looks really that. good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's impressive. Nice. All right, back to Tim for his uh, specy choice here. Okay, so this one's relatively quick. Um, this is. 
um, a game that I know Eric likes, and I think you you like as well, um, which is uh, Snow Bros. Oh, I love Snow Bros. Uh, but this is a spect- ZX Spectrum recreation called Specky Bros. Bros. Um, and this was done in 2012. Um, now, this game, I'd, I've never really sort of like got into Snow Bros uh, very much. Uh, I played it a couple of times, but not really sort of like um, uh, got got deep into the game. And whilst I was researching this, there seems to be a lot of remakes of snow bros huh, um, it does yeah 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 and uh this this was kind of like one of the ones that i looked at and i thought this is actually really good because again um you know it's it, the, we can see a general theme running here that the graphics on this have been really well detailed for the spectrum um really bright multi-colored graphics of course you've got the the usual you know color clash on it and all that sort of stuff um but this is a 48k game as well it's not a 128k wow. um, which is quite common with the sort of like the the homebrew releases that they kind of make use of the 128 but no this is a 48k um this has actually got i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it but there's like a way that you can play back very rudimentary digitized music um using the 48k with its typical beeper speaker um and this has uh utilized that so it's got some nice little sort of like plinky plonky specky tunes in there um it's got the the usual beeps and boops um beeps. on the <laughs> on the spectrum uh, uh sound effects side of things but yeah this is this is a basically it's a game of snow bros um if you don't know what that is uh you're a little character and you throw uh snowballs uh, to create one big snowball, then you uh, roll it across, um, hit the hit the enemies. Uh, they get caught up in the snowball. You then um, try and make the snowball bigger, jump on the snowball, um, and then uh, you become part of the snowball. Hit the enemies, kill the enemies. So you've got to clear the screen of all the enemies. Bit like um, Bubble Bubble in that respect. Very much like Bubble um, Bubble. Yeah, um, and. Uh, clear the screen and then ju- ju- go go on to the next level essentially um but this is just a ton of fun i love it <laughs> it's a brilliant game never tried this one it looks great yeah, it looks like that, a good conversion uh one thing i love about snow bros is the the bosses are a lot of fun when you're yeah when you get really deep into snow bros and you start actually playing the bosses uh like there'll there'll be one boss that's just huge he's giant on the screen yeah and uh playing i i, I love snow bros it's it's one that I always seek out on a machine when I'm playing it, like whether it's Super Nintendo or Nintendo or whatever. It's one that I always like load up and give it a give it a go. It's just Eric style game between the yep. that nightmare game or whatever it is on the Neo Geo or That's, Bubble Bobble or exactly that yeah. when I was playing this start off thinking this yep. Erico's gonna love this because it's like the one the nightmare one on the Neo Geo. Yep. Um and uh, yeah, this this one's got the boss levels on it as well. And you know, if if you were to look at that game without knowing what system it is, I would have said this would have been probably an MSX game. Yeah. Uh, no, the not, graphics look great for yeah. ZX Spectrum. I mean, would, they just look great overall. Spectrum, yeah, because because yeah. of the colors and and the way yeah. that and the definition and all that sort of thing. Not even a lot of color clash, really. Well, there there is, but I mean, uh, you know, that, that's Some of part, it. Of the, part of the charm, I guess, really, of the Specky yeah. is you kind of like, you, know, you just, just you just ignore that most of the time when you're playing a Specky game. You just know it's going to be there and meh. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's a great one. Uh, re- really nice. Well worth checking out. Trying to find more of the bosses because they're the most interesting part of this game. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'll have to try that one too. I'm going to write yep. that down. Cool. Eric, you got one more from you. And actually, yep. I, I did play this one as well before I realized you picked it. But oh, okay. Tell us so what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I think maybe we talked about this on an early, early episode of Pixel Gun because once I started playing it, some things became very familiar on this game. So maybe, Cody, do you think we actually played this game before on the on the show? I know I've played it, but I don't think we've covered it. And if we did, it was very briefly. But Yeah, I think it might have been very briefly. So the game is on the original uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, it is a game called Blade Buster. Blade Buster. And this game came out in t- 2010. Um, there's also a Famicom version of this. Um, it was made in Japan, somebody in Japan, because the website you go to to download this is all in Japanese. Um, it is a caravan shoot 'em shoot 'em up or shmup. Caravan meaning that you get a time limit in, and this game has either a two minute or a five minute limit. So it is a high score game so you're trying to achieve the high score so you play this with a buddy like you you have some friends over it's you set you say hey let's do the two minute one you get as far as you can in two minutes and you 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 have lives that you go through so you're trying not to end it too quick but you basically just try to play until the timer runs out and you see what your score is um its game is very colorful uh, it is kind of a bullet hell. There is a lot going on at the screen at one time. There's diamonds and power-ups that fly around on the screen, and you try to collect those, and th- those increase your scores or increase your firepower. You have multi-directional firepower. You can fire behind you, in front of you, based on the power-ups you get. Um, it is a solid shoot 'em up um, and it... What I think was very popular for a little while, and I have, hadn't heard a lot about it, but the, even if you can get to the end in the time limit, there are bosses that you fight. Um, again, just a very solid shooter. So, anyway. Yeah. I, like I said, Cody, is that, is that coming to mind now that you're watching it? Yeah, well, no, I actually played it uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. I was actually playing it to pick up because I was trying to find games for this before I realized that you picked it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, okay. Good, good. <laughs> but I know we talked about it in the past. But yeah, caravan shooters, like just like you said, uh, that's kind of the standard is a two minute and a five minute thing. So it's very much one of those. But uh, yeah, I remember just being impressed by the amount of stuff on the screen at one time while staying at a steady frame rate on an NES. This is insane. It's a technical yeah. marvel. Um, it's fun. It's manic. It's the only thing like it I've ever played. Uh, with maybe one exception, but even that exception had a very dark background. It's just a black background. And this has beautiful scrolling backgrounds at the same time while maintaining all this. So technically it's amazing. Uh, Gameplay wise, it's extremely fun. It's a bummer that it's only two or five minutes. Uh, The only thing I would add is that in order to try to beat the level and actually maximize your score, uh, if you're good enough, there's actually a speed bar down below. And so you can be on your ship can be on speed one, two or three to try to get through more of the game quicker, but then it's that much harder. So it's kind of yeah. like a difficulty risk and reward thing built in. But yeah, no, this is a blast. And I suggest it to anybody who has a, a way to play it. 
Yeah. It looks like a PC Engine game. And that's that's high praise for the NES. Absolutely. <laughs> because the NES is just a lowly little 8-bit system, Tim. Anyways, that's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Yep. All right, here's my segue. Uh, mine's more of a story. My game pick is actually not terribly exciting, but my story... Where did all my stuff go? Why can't I see you guys now? Oh, I lost everything. That's bizarre. We see. We see. Oh, you. now I see. I can see you. It's like my my bar went away. Bizarre. Bizarre. Anyways, uh, bars are. Yeah, no, I literally don't know where where my where my stuff was. I can't find my tabs and things now. Oh, like it almost went full screen or something. <laughs> yeah, don't know what's going on here. This That's is a bummer. unfortunate. Um, I'll have to do it from memory. So I was going to try to pick a game that was a legit release in at the end of a system, an 8-bit system's life in 1995. That was my goal. And I'm like, I'm sure I can find one. I have a few tricks up my sleeve. I'm going to try to pull off because I want this to be a true wilderness game, right? It's mm-hmm. true to the spirit of your original uh, intent. Uh, so the first thing I did was, you know what? It would be funny if I went and played that Lion King game, which, by the yeah. <laughs> way, I confirmed is indeed the last game released for the NES. So good call there. Uh, it was released in 1996, and it is very much a, a attempt at porting the Super Nintendo and Genesis game to the NES, and it is terrible. Yeah. It is awful, <laughs> unfortunately. I, did you try it, too? Uh, I, I've loaded it up very briefly, and they're, they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. Yeah, um, I can see why I can see why not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, it's it's not good news. Um it's extremely hard to control whatever. So I didn't pick that game. I'm like, all right, let's try another system. I'm gonna go nope, oop, trick up my sleeve. The Sega Master System was an 8-bit system that was kept alive in Brazil for a very long time. A lot of people know that. Let's it's a good chance to try to find the best game that was released in Brazil way after you know the 8-bit system should have died everywhere else in the world. Uh, a lot of those games were either ports of other games, and then I tried one that was supposed to be one of the highest rated games that was exclusive to the system, and it was called, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but Ferias Frustradas do Pica Pau. <laughs> um, so apparently that it's a, woodpecker, a Woody Woodpecker game. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And I tried it, <laughs> and it was awful. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. And it was supposed to be one of the better ones. So that is not looking good for the master system. I'm like, gosh, darn it. And I ran out of time. So I'm going to go and call this a technicality. I went with a game called Ginga Fukai Densetsu Sapphire on the PC Engine CD because, although we called it the Turbo Graphics uh, CD or Turbo Graphics 16 in the United States, it is an 8 bit CPU. My friends, that is an 8-bit game as far as I'm concerned for this, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> okay. Even though it has a 16-bit uh, graphics processor, it is an 8-bit gameplay. Uh, so I chose basically a game that in the West we just call Sapphire. And yes, it also has a CD attachment, which is still 8 bits. It just has really good audio now. And um, I'm sure we've all probably played this. Uh, but it is also a shmup, vertical scrolling with an, uh, a really kind of crazy over-the-top um, uh, rock and roll soundtrack with screeching guitars the whole time. It is a very kind of stereotypical space shooter. But again, uh, 
8-bit CPU playing some crazy uh, gameplay, which even if you wanted to call it a 16-bit game, there's parts of this game that make it feel almost like a Saturn game, almost like a 32-bit game. Um, but uh, it's a game that I've that I've every time I pick up the the, the PC Engine or the Turbo Graphics, I, I try to load it up because it's quick, fun. It's a great time. It is a uh, some again kind of like the last game Eric just talked about, borderline manic shooter, but not quite manic. Um, but it's got a lot of those bullet patterns that became really popular later. It's very much a shooter you have to memorize. Um, but I thought there might have been like a scoring mechanism or something I was missing to the game because I was, wasn't getting better. And I looked up all the rules and no, that's not the case. It's uh, it's pretty much get power-ups, get stronger, eventually get two little, um, I'll call them options, but two little orbs next to your ship that you can use to shoot more, but also kind of block bullets. Um, there's a few different, um, I actually looked at the story, which is kind of funny. Apparently you are an all-women team of future police. That nice. <laughs> that apparently from the year 2092, where time travel is normal, and you're trying to stop bad guys in different time periods. And of course, you do that by, um, as you can see here, uh, having over-the-top emotions during the cutscenes, then hopping in your <laughs> ship and attacking other ships. Uh, story is very loose, but very exciting, bright graphics. A lot of levels look very different. Lots of different enemies. Tons of different bullet patterns. Um Again, that that rock and soundtrack the whole time. Just a super solid vertical shooter, uh, considered to be one of the best, if not the best, by many on the PC Engine, which is saying something because the PC Engine is full of great shmups. Yeah, and um, you know, it, and and it's a game. It's a pick up and play game. Um, I watched this video. You, you can play the whole game through in about twenty minutes if you're good enough. Um, so Sapphire. Yeah, it looks, looks great. Good. Yeah, I think I have played this. Uh, I don't very, think I, very briefly. I don't um, think I have. I don't think I have. Now, I don't know, <laughs> but is there not something on the PC Engine CD similar to the Mega Drive where there was some extra hardware that the, you can utilize for the CD? Because this doesn't look like an 8-bit game. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to allow this. <laughs> so, I was prepared for this. And in my brief research, in my brief research, this is my, and I'm not going to say I'm I'm 100% behind this, but I'm pretty sure I'm accurate on this. I looked it up, and I feel like the way the TurboGrafx and PC Engine, whatever you want to call it, did this is similar to the way the Neo Geo did such amazing games for so long, is they kept adding more and more memory. It was still yeah. an 8-bit CPU. They didn't add another CPU. They didn't upgrade the CPU. They just kind of kept shoving memory into it. So in this game uh, did require... Of course, the CD add-on, which allows you know a lot of uh, a lot more data, mostly in in the audio, and it required the Super Arcade card, which added again more memory. So lots of memory, but eight okay. bit eight bit memory, eight bit memory. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. I'm gonna try to give this a shot. It's it's such a good game. I'm I'm gonna allow it. It's it's, it's, it's good. It's good. We're, we're we're all good. Let let let's let's bring it in. Yep. Now the the <laughs> thing I will say about which I didn't say before is it is a, a kind of a a mix. Even though it is really good, there is kind of a jarring mix between the hand uh, hand drawn sprite work and these kind yes. of um, Donkey Kong Country esque uh, pre rendered three D elements to the game, and they don't really mix that well. So yeah. it's very clear when when something is. 
a 3D object versus a sprite. Um, yeah, you can, you can see what they were doing. They were trying to bring that um, thing that was very much of its time into it um, with a pre-rendered 3D, and then it turns it, and then it turns into an like an eight-bit style sprite as yep. well. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoa! Yeah, bring it mash it all together and this boss is the coolest it i mean the boss it's it's the most of the each level is uh boss fight honestly there's like three minutes of level and then like five minutes of boss fight um but the bosses keep changing forms and they're really impressive and cool so that is my game that's that's a good one i'm writing that down and eric and tim i want to apologize we never got to our fourth beer of the month Oh, that's okay. I'm I'm so tired right now. I, I think that would have zonked me out. <laughs> I am. I, I so what I'll tell you is I am actually. Uh, I was kind of doing it a little bit on purpose because we've got so far into the episode before I realized it. But also, my last beer is a full pint of eight point five percent, and I just can't. Oh, I can't yeah, right yeah. now. You would have never got through that. <laughs> that, that would be devastating. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. That's an episode of Pixel Guide. In thank you Sweet. very much. Happy July to y'all. Yeah. yeah. Um, next episode. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And thank you for carrying the majority of the show while I just kind of came up with the fluff like, yeah, I went to Germany and saw no games. Next. <laughs> it's I, all good. I drank from my horn plenty. It's no worries. Yeah, well done. Well done. So I think we all have a lot of homework to do. I have games to download and misters to buy. And, yes. uh, and, uh, uh, I can't think of what the name of your tool was, Eric, but I'm going to have to wow the, stick. the wow stick. Giggity. Wow stick. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. We will get ready and load up a bunch more content for next month on Pixel Guide N. Thank you very much for listening. But until next time, everybody, please remember it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>